When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Guys, the Sharp Tongue Podcast is in your ear. A little late. A day late and a dollar short. Okay, listen. We're going to get it together. (laughs) I am here in sunny San Diego, California. I'm in my hotel room. I've got Carlin right here with his smelly pit bull face right on my lap. And Chaplin's in the corner chewing on a bone. And we're just happy. We're happy. We're happy to be here for you guys. Um... I'm in San Diego at the American Comedy Company tonight, which is Friday and tomorrow, Saturday. So if you hear this and you're in the area or know somebody in the area, come on out. American Comedy Company in San Diego this weekend, February 18th, 19th, and 20th. Okay? All right, y'all. Let's do do, 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 do this. Now, my intro is going to be a little bit shorter because my interview this week is about two hours and 20 minutes long. But it's so dope. And the reason why it's long is because who I interviewed with, we just couldn't stop talking. We had so much shit to talk about. And it was the first time for us interviewing each other. And we actually did another swap cast, which I'm going to be doing a couple of um, when other people have. Oh, look at that. My sister just texted me. Um, When other people have podcasts, they will tape it together and just share it on each other's network. Two birds, one stone. Doug Stanhope kind of kicked it off. He calls it the swap cast. So I'm, uh, I'm ad- ad- adhering to his advice. Okay. Uh, if you haven't heard of Doug Stanhope, check him out. And we'll get into what interview I did this week soon. First, San Diego this week. I'm going to do my, my show updates, my tour updates. I had to cancel Indianapolis at the Crackers Comedy Club in Broad Ripple. Um, I'm doing a pilot. I'm working on a TV show so I had to move that weekend so that I could facilitate the schedule for the the taping I apologize for anybody who bought tickets um I will be back there at some point soon this year so I'm sure that we can arrange so you can come and use those tickets and they will be um perfectly fine to use okay y'all um that's Indianapolis the last weekend of February the 25th 26th 27th 28th I had to move so hang on tight to those tickets hang on tights hang on to your tights okay um March 12th if you're in front of your television I will be on own network on a new show called it's not you it's men with Tyrese and Rev run and I'm on there with Lonnie Love, and we talk about all sorts of things that have to do with relationships and being a woman and how to get your respect and how to respect a man. So check it out. It's called It's Not You, It's Men on the OWN Network, March 12th. Holler at your girl. I'm going to be so cute with full hair and makeup. You probably won't recognize me because I'll be all done up like a hooker trying to catch that D. Um, okay, other shows. Tampa Improv, March 11th, 12th, and 13th. 
The Tampa Improv, March 11th, 12th, and 13th. Zany's Nashville, March 18th, 19th, and 20th. Um, Cincinnati Funny Bone, April 8th, 9th, and 10th. Um, Tampa Improv will be with my one of my comedy besties and my brother from another mother, Marty Caproni. That's the 11th, 12th, and 13th. Uh, Zany's Nashville will be with Justin Martindale. Um, March 18th, 19th, and 20th. And Cincinnati Funny Bone, I don't know who my opener is going to be yet, but that's April 8th, 9th, and 10th. Come see your girl. And this podcast is brought to you live and in charge because of sponsorship now. I appreciate it. We're going to be having a couple different sponsors coming in, but right now I've been working with Wantable. Um, you guys got to check Wantable out. It's a new personalized monthly fitness apparel subscription. That's a mouthful. Okay, basically you get your hot, cute workout clothes in a subscription form. Um, it, you know, the Wantable's really dope. They got the latest trends. They personalize it just for you. They deliver it to your doorstep each month. If you want to look cute out in these streets because the struggle is real. And if you got a booty and you want to show it off, you know, get, get on Wantable. You can pick out these clothes. These clothes? That's not even a word, bitch. Read a dictionary. Choose from our fitness edit services. That's what they have. These cute little thing where you sign in, you take a quick style quiz, and then you can discover their hand-picked items that they choose perfectly for you. Um, you can keep what you love, return what you don't. Returns are free, and you can cancel and skip any time. Check out Wantable. Okay? It's, a, it, it's totally personalized. They have all these different styles that, that aren't designer brands. So it, it, it's... Um, you know, they have their own little boutique brand. So it's not going to be like, you know, you're walking in the street and 10 other girls are going to have what you have on. It's totally unique, um, high-end quality. Uh, you know, it's, it's pretty dope. If you just like to wear yoga pants every goddamn day at the grocery store, sign up. Wantable. Go take the, the Wantable quiz, uh, wantable.com forward slash sharp to get started with the fitness quiz. And then you can start getting clothes delivered to your doorstep because we love clothes. That's one thing I love. I have too much of, but you know what? I'm going to keep it coming because I'm living my life. I'm living my life like it's golden. Okay, y'all? God damn it. Let's talk about the Sharp Tongue Podcast giveaway winners. Hello. I had you people do some crazy Jesse memes a couple weeks ago where you, where you were, had the freedom to take my face and make a meme out of it on the interweb. And then um, I asked you guys to tell me some crazy dating stories this week for a giveaway. And boy, did you tell me some insane dating stories. I picked a couple as my favorite. Um, and I'm going to read it to you here. <laughs> so this one is from Tori From. And it says, so basically my fucked up date is actually my first sexual experience with someone. I was 15 at the time. Whoa. A little young and super into this girl who was a little older than me. Okay, I take it back, sir. And I was also basically best friends with. Oh, wait, maybe this is a chick. She was definitely straight, but hey, I'm, I'm androgynous and cute as fuck, so she kind of had feelings for me, too. We hung out pretty much every day, and we've been kissing a lot, but never took it any further than... than Never took it any further than that until this day. We started out the date by going to see one of the Twilight movies. <laughs> yeah, wow, romantic. <laughs> After the movie was over, she drove us to my house, and we went into my basement where we usually hung out. We were just making out, and I got the guts to try to take things further. Go ahead. She was all for it, and I was super stoked and started fingering her. Oh, God, I hate that word. F fingering. There's no other alternative, though, though. And I thought, wow, this is great. But this is where it gets awkward. She stopped me and said, you know, this feels great and all. I really like you, but 
I, but just know I'm going to eventually want a dick. So I think we should just stop. Dreams crushed. <laughs> oh shit. That's what I learned. Never fall for a straight girl because even if you strap on, you'll never have a real dick. And that's what she wants. <laughs> Sincerely, Tori from. Man, I was like, Tori could be a man or a girl, but that that's amazing. At least she was honest, though. At least she came out and told you, like, you know, right before you got in too deep, literally. I mean, you were in kind of deep already, Tori. But she told you right then, and you were 15. Wow. That's amazing. I, I, I give this girl props for being honest to you. She could have just, you know, said some whatever shit just to string you along. Go ahead with your Twilight movie. Um, that's Tori from. So you're you're one of my winners. Pick pick a date that you want to go to, uh, to see me live, and we'll we'll figure that out. I'll have my assistant Liz Perez talk to you, and we'll get it all set up. Now the next winner said I can't use the name, and after I read this story, I realized okay maybe it's better off that I didn't. Um, but I contacted him. He knows that he's a winner, so I'm gonna read his story. He said, please don't use my name if I win. <laughs> well, you won, sir. Here's his story, his dating, his awkward dating story. I met this young young woman online. We talked for a few weeks and exchanged numbers, did the phone sex thing, and set up a date for her to come to my place to watch movies and whatever, Netflix and chill. Well, she shows up, and I don't know if she was pregnant or not, but she had that build. <laughs> she was wearing flip-flops, and they must have been old because you know that dirty feet smell? Yeah, it was like that. Damn! So I ordered Chinese food for us, and we watched one of the Saw movies. And then she says, what do you want to do now? And I'm like, watch another movie. So we start to watch another movie. And at some point, she says she got a text that her friend needed her. Oh, okay. And she had to go, which was fine by me. She left and we never spoke again. Yeah, oh, she needed to go? Yeah, she needed to go deliver a baby and get a pedicure. Jesus. That's terrifying, sir. You deserve you deserve so much more than, than free tickets to come see me live, but I'll give you a hug when I meet you, okay? You know who you are. Those are my favorite ones. I appreciate you guys participating in the giveaway. I want to, you know, keep giving back to you guys as much as I can because I appreciate you listening. Um, what are we going to do this week? I want to do another giveaway. Uh, I, I like the memes thing, man. I want to do one with my dogs. Because I love my dog so much, and uh, I think it, it, animal shit is funny. I like to see those stupid little videos and stuff. But I want to do find pictures of my dogs online and do some memes. You can even use Fozzie, and Fozzie's dead. So you guys can get real dark with it, okay? Just don't be mean, man. Don't be mean. But I'm giving you freedom to use a Fozzie photo if you want. Or you can pick Chaplin, or you can pick Carlin. Make a funny meme out of my dogs, and you got to post them on, on the internet, you have to at me at Jesse May Peluso and hashtag Jesse Meme, and I'll pick the winners and I'll announce them next week on the podcast. And if you don't feel comfortable sending to it online, you can email it at sharptonguepodcast at gmail dot com. Yay yay! Um, I'm very excited this week to be airing my Swapcast episode that I did with, um, I you know this guy is is insane. He he's one of the funniest people um, on and off stage is one thing about comedians. It, he's a comedian. <laughs> Let me preface that. Uh, it, sometimes they can be interesting people off stage. You know, the, the whole persona on stage and off can be a total dichotomy. So he's just a blast. And, and I went to his house 
to talk with him and he was asleep. I show up, him and I set the, set the time. I show up at 10 a.m. His lovely wife answered the door and this motherfucker's passed out in bed. So his wife and I had coffee and just chatted in the kitchen. And I got a little taste of what the other side is like because he has a wife and two adorable daughters and a, and a whole house and a dog. And he has a man cave and chickens. Uh, he's just, he's a delight. We talked for a couple hours about all sorts of stuff, goofy shit, right, right on down to the serious stuff. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy this interview with the machine, Burt Kreischer. More like Burt Crusher, am I right? The, uh, yeah, they're, go ahead, talk. Check, hello. Yes, perfect. Sounds um, good. They're hilarious. They're really funny guys. All those guys at the network are, uh, like Vanilla Ice is a DIY why is Vanilla Ice there? He's got a show. He he was so he made his millions on Ice Ice Baby, and then started. Let me make sure my, my phone. Yeah, I'm making sure mine um, is off. He started to make money. He started flipping houses. Vanilla Ice. Yeah. And Come so, on. Yeah. Dead I feel serious. like I'm high right now. Nope. And so, it's actually my friends. Um, the guys who I work with now, Ross Babbitt, uh, Andy Singer, who's gone from travel, um, Dale. They discovered Vanilla Ice, and they were at DIY at the time. They're now all the travel. Vanilla and Ice, that blows my mind. He's the best. He's the best. Is he really? He, yeah, I could, I could call him right Winkle? now. Ron Van Winkle? I could call him right now, and he would, and I'd be like, hey, my friend uh, is doing stand-up in West Palm. Comes here. And he'd be like, oh, fuck yeah. yeah so you, you have to do that for Oh, me. of course I will. <laughs> of course I will. He's the, he is the sweetest guy in the world. Uh, him. That is bizarre. Bobby Flay is like the nicest guy in the world. Really? Yeah, Bobby Flay and I were in... Dallas, we did. We, you know, you you do these. Uh, they're called up upfronts. Right. You know what upfronts yeah, are, but do, yeah. we do them differently at, at scripts. We do them just by ourselves with food, tri- uh, travel, DIY, cooking, all the networks, Great American Country, and we bring the advertisers. We go to the advertisers in like in like Atlanta, Minneapolis, Dallas, New York, L.A. And I, th- I think that might maybe a couple more places. Yeah. Chicago. We go to we. Go and the talent goes. Is it open to the public or is it just in, are there it, industry in those places that come out? No, it's just the industry in those places. So it's like a smaller upfront, a more intimate upfront. We just more intimate upfront, yeah. and it's and it's it's so much fun. We'll put so up like, some shelves. So like we did, we did one in <laughs> Dallas, and Bobby Flay was there. You do the upfront, you go over, and I'm like Bobby, I'm just a huge fan, and he's I was like I'd seen him in the gym. And I so badly, and I and I knew that he had known who I was because you watch enough of these upfronts, you just know the talent. Right, you are, start to see the faces. It's, 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 it is a family affair kind of thing. Yeah. And so I so badly wanted to go up to him at the gym, and put my arms around him and go, "Hey, you," <laughs> and just see what he said. But I feel like he would have been fine with it. Uh, he said you should have done that. That would have been so like. Imagine that's how you met. Yeah. And he said you should have done that, and I was like, I was going to, but then I thought if it went wrong. It could have gone really wrong. And by the way, this is the day that guy came out of uh, the closet. The basketball player came out of the closet. Oh, oh what was um, Jason? Yes, or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. So anyway, DIY built this man cave. It's amazing. They uh, came in. So you said it's. So it's, they built it, it like from a, the ground up. Uh, this or did, was, was this an existing? This was a woodworking shop right. attached to our garage. And they came in. They opened that. That was a door behind you. They opened this area up. Put all the pavers in, 
uh, put are those your doors. cowboy boots in the corner? Those are my legit cowboy boots. <laughs> those look like you own a, a, a farm cowboy boots. Uh, those, I ran Buffalo uh, through Texas, and I wore those boots. You had to, I mean, you wore them every day. When the fuck did you run Buffalo through t- That sounds like a midlife crisis trip for a man. I've gone, you know, it's so funny. <laughs> I wish I fig- could figure out a way to talk about this on stage. I've done everything that... Uh, that you could ever imagine doing scuba diving, <laughs> bungee jumping, skydiving, like, all, like the fun kind of extreme things, riding, like learning. I can ride a horse extremely well now because yeah. of this. I've run on horseback like full. Me too. Sprint is, is it's one, one of, of my the, most favorite things ever. Can, how can you? I have a hard time describing it. I well. I realized I used to ride a lot. I'm from Syracuse. I used to ride a lot. And I realized at one time when I was in the Dominican Republic and I was there on vacation and they walk, they ride the horses, they bring them out early in the morning and they do like those, uh, those beachfront rides. And so the evening is like six, six o'clock and this young Dominican boy is on a horse trailing two. So he has three horses that he's in control of. And I'm sitting on the beach and I'm watching him come close to me and I can speak fairly enough Spanish to have a conversation. And so I asked him if I could help him bring the horses back. And he said, yeah. So I got on the horse. I told him I could ride. I was topless. I had no shirt on because we've been laying out on the beach all day long. No no bikini? I had bottoms, but they were thong bottoms. So I'm talking to this like 13-year-old Dominican boy, tits out, asking him in Spanish if I can ride the horse. He lets me get on, and the barn is about over a mile down the beach. Sun setting, and I just full, like, just, like, pedal to the metal down the beach. And it feels like, I can't even equate it to drugs, but I've never felt a feeling like this in my life. When you're on an animal, and you just sort of, especially a horse, because, you know, you ride, so you know some horses you don't connect with. Right. And and it's a scary situation. Uh, Yeah, that is the scariest thing about them is I've been kicked off horses. And you can die. You can become paralyzed. You can become severely injured. I was in Costa Rica, and I was, what I was doing wrong, and this is, I just had no lessons, as I didn't have, is as the horse would take off, I'd grab on with my feet. Which means go faster, yeah, and or or get or get me the fuck off you, right? And the horse was freaking out. Yeah, it's like a different. It's it's so slight, the slightest things. It's like dogs. It's just energy that if you it's shift, energy. yes, it's a, it's a lot like it's a lot like stand up. There's a moment. It's it's like it's like a tipping point. Like you have a couple seconds to make a decision, or it's going to go another way. And then this, it's I the thing that blew me, it blows me away about running on horseback or having a horse run i guess it's run or gal it's not gallop it's uh gate no it's it's not canter it's not canter what's the fastest one i don't i don't know but whatever that is whatever that that fourth one is (laughs) you go you go from like a a a gallop to a canter and then and it's it actually is uncomfortable because you're you've got to like pace out time the horse and then all of a sudden when the horse starts running it's like it's the most pure it feels like beautiful it it really it's open perfect it is it's like i would go why would you ever do anything but this on a horse (laughs) i would just run my horse everywhere me too and it sucked because we we got out this is in costa rica no this is in this was in texas okay we get out we run buffalo which are, is a really unpredictable animal so why why were you running buffalo oh, it's for my all? tv show okay yeah, so this yeah. is a, oh that's awesome though okay so running buffalo i would imagine would be very difficult because i feel like cows are a little less cows are less and, uh, uh feral yeah yeah and so uh buffalo we had to get them they're up on a, on a mountaintop we had yeah. to uh take them down through a pass 
uh, in between two rivers, which wow. is like a bridge, or in between two lakes, and then around into a pen, and then we had to get them in the corral. Which is, uh, it's basically just narrow, it's like salmon up a river and everything has to get narrow into a little space, right? And it's a, and it's a subtle conversation you're having with them of like just getting up on them. And your yeah. horse can never be sideways. Your horse always has to be, because if your horse is sideways, then the buffalo will charge you in there and they'll flip you so you mean like you can't be perpendicular to their bodies with your horse you right you have to be face to face with them and so you have to be able to ride your horse sideways like move your horse sideways right you have to be able to spin your horse in a circle real quick what was the preparation for this it It sounds like a lifetime like a lifelong thing you need to (laughs) learn how to do four days hardcore uh horse training from like eight in the morning until 11. And had you been able, like, your your horseback riding skills up to that point, did you feel comfortable enough just getting on the horse being like, cool? No. It's so funny. The last time I'd gotten on a horse was in Costa Rica. And How I'd many gotten, years pri- before that? Uh, th- four months before that, I'd gotten kicked off a horse. You got kicked off. The last time you were on the horse, you got kicked off. Yeah, in Costa Rica. And I was, it was like... Did you was, get hurt? Uh, no, but I got really scared and I got really angry and I, yeah. and I really freaked out and I had been bit by a bat and that's, they said that, what? Yeah. I feel like, I wish I could find a way to talk about bat. this on stage. You I, have to, cause it's like something Charlie Sheen says that he got yeah. bit by a bat. I got bit by a bat. It's an alliteration. Two nights I before Stan Hope told me just drink, drink it away. It happens all the time. And then I'm like, <laughs> he said that when you got bit by the bat. Yeah. He's like, he was like. <laughs> My remedy, uh, I forget the name of the beers. He's like mass uh, cerveza. <laughs> How it's, did you get bit by a bat? I was. Is this on the show for the show too? No, that no. The, the the I I think I'll speak candidly about this show cause only because my new my new show coming out, Birth Conqueror, is not this at all. Right. Trip Flip was the name of the show. It 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 is a great show. It it's just a very fun. different. It's a very different uh, purpose of to that show. Right. It's not about me having. The time of my life. It's about two travelers having the time of life. We're right. thinking about changing it. I shouldn't talk about it really, but there's a thinking about doing it again, doing it differently. Doing we try. We're, we've been toying with it, like remod like reworking it, a retooling little. it because it's a successful show. It sounds like a great idea. But what we're missing is this conversation that I'm having with you about. Right. They don't show me getting kicked off the horse because it's not about me. You got to show those things. Uh, yeah, and they don't show me getting bit by a bat and having panic attacks because it's not about me. That needs to be the main. Like, I need to see that. Like, I need to see you getting. You had a panic attack, a bat panic attack. I had, I got yeah. I've I've I have had like I had a really bad panic attack scuba diving in Fiji. Wait, wait, hold on. I need a little bit of info on the bit on the bat bite. I, we go, we go, uh, <laughs> we go whitewater rafting, and we're I in. I just want to travel with We're you, in the Bert. jungle in Costa Rica. And we get out. You pull out. It like you're in the fucking jungle. Yeah, and Costa Rica's real. Like it's <laughs> it's a jungle. It is. It's like the Amazon. Yeah. It's crazy. So I get out. I start walking up a trail to go to find our jeep or whatever truck we have, and I brush up against a bush and I feel something. Hit. I feel I feel like a prick on my legs, and I'm oh, like, yeah. and I just it's so clean. It's like almost like a hypodermic needle. Like I went, oh, that's odd. And I didn't think anything of it. I'm sitting at dinner that night. I'm crying. I'm laughing so I'm sitting at dinner that night, and I go, hey, what's that on my leg? <laughs> it's like this blood. And, and I'm like, and I say to the, this is where it gets so horrible. God, I would have been so is terrified. I, I go, I go, that's odd. And then the waitress goes, oh, you've been bit by a bat. What? And I went, I have? And she goes, oh, yeah, this is a bad bite. So that's the, this is the tricky part, is my wife still doesn't believe I've been bit by a bat, because... 
I never went to a doctor. I just had a waitress just decide that I got bit by a bat. A waitress and Doug Stanhope. I texted (laughs) Doug a picture and Doug goes, oh, it's a bat bite. (laughs) And so, and so then, and then, and now I'm, I'm running. You have like four days, three days where you can get rabies shots. Oh, and Jesus. if you don't get them within that four days, then you have rabies. If you get, if you get rabies, you die. It's a hundred percent fatality. So I start panicking, going, "God, I need a doctor." But everyone's in Costa Rica is like, "Pura vida, it's okay, man." You're poor, yeah, it's Pura vida. Life. You're fine. It's, it's life. Yeah, it's life. And so I never got tested. I talked to a doctor on the phone. He goes, "We don't have rabies. You're fine." And so I never so got you tested. Went on the, you went on the grace of people's words that you were fine. Doug Stanhope, a waitress, and some stoner doctor who was like uh it's sunday I'm with my family you're fine <laughs> and so I, and i never and i but it's so funny is I, I would go to get the next round of trips we did we were all international like africa there were really sketchy places we were going we were, went to the jungles of vietnam so we had to get a lot of shots and and stuff and the woman when i got my shots said do you want to get a rabies shot and i passed go i've already been bit by that she went <laughs> You've been bit by a fucking bat, and you and she goes, "Did you get the rabies shots?" I said, "No," and she goes, "You know that's fatal, right?" And I was like, "Oh fuck, here we go again." <laughs> but imagine like how uh, how strong your immune system is after being bit by a bat. Oh yeah, it's. Oh, I I always say that like, cause in December December first, I stopped drinking for like maybe like a week, just like I didn't wow, drink for a week, and I lost twenty pounds. In one week, yeah. did you think you did you think the rabies kicked in then? I think my body goes. Oh, yeah. Okay, we get to we get to we get to we sleep. We get to break. Yeah. We get to hold on. Liver. It, it settles in. It's like, oh, okay. Let's yeah. just. <laughs> so wait, what did you? When did you? You moved to New York City first. I moved to Boston first in Syracuse. That's where I grew up, and then I left when I was eighteen. Moved to Boston. Did like improv for like three years. Have you really? ever done improv? Uh, in my dreams. Yeah. It's. <laughs> It's it's uh you know one of those things that's painful to watch. Bad improv is bad. Yeah. And then I started doing stand up in Boston, then I moved to New York. Really? And started I drank heavily and then I just sort of like did drinking more than stand up and then eventually the the shift happened. Did you stop drinking altogether? I no, not altogether because I just I like alcohol. I love it. I I enjoy it. I've found a balance with it for the most part. You know, there's a couple of those nights where you wake up and you're like Okay, my underwear's on my head. I have one sneaker on, and I don't know how I got home last night. Yeah, and you have to which retrace. is which is which is so it's so funny. Uh, there was a hashtag guess all women. Do you remember that? Yes, I loved it because I never understood. I never really. I just thought. I, I maybe this is not exactly what those people that created the hashtag want. But like <laughs> I always thought men and women were equal in like the sense that like like. You say underwear on my head, one shoe on, and I go, oh, I've had those nights. But that's got to be scary as a woman to have those nights. Yeah, it's scary because it could mean pregnancy. Yeah. Like, like it could mean my life's over, (laughs) my life changes drastically to buy stand-up comedy. Yeah, it could mean pregnancy in a sore butthole for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Which one, when the butthole heals, then you give birth and then your butthole hurts again because of giving birth. I've seen that. They gave my wife an episiotomy and I went, whoa. God. I saw that with my eyes but oh i'm glad it was your eyes like, and not like, like your dick hole i was like holy <laughs> sh- i'm to this day i was Are you like just is it now now that you've seen it is it do you remember it fondly and is it magnificent or is it terrifying or is it both because i've never seen that i mean i've seen videos but to be in the room it was terrifying did you feel like concerned for your wife i, I mean you know what's so funny is this sounds so 
cheap. But like I'm such a comedian, and at the time I was so like I always say, you're. I, I'm, I've been talking to to Rogan and Bill about this. Yeah. But when you get out of stand up and start working on television and doing something else that isn't stand up, your brain shifts because the stand up's brain is so focused on material. Every moment, every of moment, the day is sub, is. I'm thinking about material. I'm literally thinking about material every fucking moment. Yep. Um, we were, but at that moment, I was so focused on stand up. Is all I was doing, <laughs> and it was like it was my life. Is my life was driving out to Brea on a Tuesday night, driving out to Irvine on a yep. Thursday night, uh, going on the road and featuring and doing sets at the Hollywood Improv if I could. Yep. That that I I think that I don't. And I wasn't that good. I mean, I was a good stand-up, but I was still young. Right, figuring it out. I was still figuring it out. I was maybe been doing it. I was, th- I was maybe been doing it like six years. So you're just time. starting to like find your groove a little. Uh, I had I found my voice very quickly. Oh, good, good. That's I, dope. But I couldn't. I didn't understand my ability of writing yet, and so I'll, I got to be honest with you. I kind of hacky like saw it. I saw it. and I was like, oh, I'm not gonna be able to fuck that later. <laughs> Was, and then the joke I said, are we putting that back together? The only part that is funny of this whole <laughs> rant that I did, it was a big story about giving birth, which everyone has. Um, I, I was like, are we going to put that back together? And he was like, of course. There's a Jamaican doctor. He's like, of course I am, boy. I go, well, do you want to take a look at my junk? Or are we just going to ballpark this on a handshake? It's the only part that is interesting of <laughs> that whole chunk. Just perfect. But it's so funny is that when you're a bad comedian, you see life hacky. You do. You do because... It's inexperience. It's 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 the combination of wanting to make something funny but not yet knowing how, and so you just you re, you resort to that. It's almost like the next, you know. It's just like what what the first thing is on your mind. Do you do this? I was thinking about this last night because I was I was writing some jokes and I, I had to like look at material and write jokes. You know, you ever do those shows where like yeah. here's some stuff. Whatever first comes to my mind, I don't trust it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so I'm you like is that crazy? Do you know what I mean though? A lot of times, because I write on stage. A lot of times, me too. A lot of times, whatever. I, I I think I've trained myself to skip the first thing. Like, but a lot of times, the first thing I say on stage that works. I'm so lazy these days that I go, all right, that's joke's over, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, done. And I'm like, oh, there we go. And, I, and sometimes <laughs> I got that one in yeah, the bag. Yeah, what am I gonna fucking beat myself up to find something better? It works. <laughs> they laughed. It's fine. I get some very lazy about that. But I think that's different on stage because I also like you tag on stage, especially yeah. when you're in that groove. I think that's a different part of your brain that is working. I think when it like comes like sitting down and like actually having to access that part of your brain and you know like look at something like here's the material, what's funny, whatever pops up, I'm like that's not going to be good enough because I feel like it's going to be hacky. Uh, it's I be do like that. Everyone thinks I do a t- I do a different a few different styles of writing these days. Um, I'm really obsessed with uh, with my long form stories, so I love doing Ari's storytelling show. Yeah. Um, so, but I'm obsessed in a way that like I had a I had probably a very pivotal breakfast or lunch with Ari one day where we started dissecting what made great stories. I'll say this, and by the way, because I love this guy and he knows I'd never talk shit about him. Ari? No, no, no. Well, yeah, the, but I, I definitely talk shit about Ari. Yeah, we should, we should but, totally <laughs> do a whole section of this podcast. <laughs> but like Sebastian Maniscalco is so fucking talented. God, he's so funny. And he told this great story on, at, in Montreal, but the story didn't have like an end. So in a weird way, it was like, Sebastian is so amazing. 
at owning subtlety mm-hmm. and creating humor out of nothing. He could just say a word, and the way he says it is funny. Yeah. And he had such a great story, but it didn't have an ending. And it was anticlimactic. All the big laughs were in the middle, and then he just said, and then that's my story. And it wasn't that so long of a story. Out. It fizzled out. And Ari and I went, but it still worked. And everyone was like, everyone, including Ari and I, were like, that was a great story. But it, it isn't the one you talked about at the end of the night. I told a story that wasn't that great, but had a great ending. And Ari was like, Ari was like, that's, he's like, I, you know, I don't know if I noticed it until like last night, but like, you need great endings to stories so then i started thinking the best stories i've best stories i've ever been told in life honestly one of the best stories ever is ron white's tater salad (laughs) it is have you ever heard it i have heard bits i don't know it completely but it's the greatest story i I know of it because of you know comedians and the greatest story probably ever because of the way he tells it the thing and and he uses a mechanism where he goes now i told you that story to tell you this story right like i love that uh, and, and it's beautiful because the end of that story serves a purpose in the end of the other story that's unrelated. That's interesting. And, and, I, and so I started going, okay. That's then I started Then I started thinking, what are some really great stories in in, in movies? But two of my favorite- That's what I was just going to say. Like, that's how movies are. Two of my favorite movies ever are Usual Suspects and Sixth Sense. Oh, damn. So, like, I love those movies. Those are so different, too. Because you get, like, an end where you go, where you start going- and then I'm figuring it out. And all it, these the fucking... end makes you rewind. That's how when an ending is good, it makes you go, "Oh my god!" And then this, "Oh my god!" And then this. Yeah. And it just makes you go back in time. So and it I, ties everything in. So I told a story that is like that. With I, I wanted to tell a story that was reminiscent of the Sixth Sense or what you call of or Usual Suspects to on our storytelling show. So I kind of like looked at it. So that that's where my head is with writing is that I don't really get caught up in the in the minutia of the jokes in between yeah. for a story, I get caught up in how am I going to arc this story so that you go like my, the machine story. I don't know if you've ever heard me my machine story. No, I haven't. Uh, also, I'm I'm going to speak out of myself, but like it's 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 your, probably, it's your famous story. It's my famous story. Yeah, it's probably the story I'm most known for. Yep, and it's a great story. Now, it's a great story in in that. It's a cool story that it's true and that and that it's unbelievable. Right. And that you're like, whoa, you got involved with the mafia? Like, <laughs> how the fuck? But the, the reason everyone likes it, the reason people connect with it is because it's got an ending. And so I was like, I was like, shit, I have other stories that don't have endings. So the machine story in the, in the center is just, I only reason, only reason I use jokes is to so that I can tell you the story. Right. So then I started going like, I was literally sitting up there and I'm like, I got four stories that I really want to work on. I'm going to start doing sets in the city and I'm going to start just telling these stories. I'm going to go up and I have no other purpose it's than to so tell this hard. story. It's so hard. Oh, I, I was at- Just not knowing where you're going to land and like try, like you're literally, you're painting it on stage. That's so difficult. It's, it, it's not, so this is where my head is with writing. It's not about, by the way, I wish I could write shorter form jokes. I wish I had that brain. I wish I could be like Dimitri Martin and just hammer, hammer them out. Oh, God, I wish I could sit. People go, you don't sit and write. I do, but when I do, it's like, the only reason I write is to try to find themes that I dig. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like, I, I don't like the short little pops. I have, like, longer... I like to get involved and invested in something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what are you, what, what's, what are you working on right now? I'm working on, like, tightening everything up and, like, 
the same thing you're talking about, like actually trying to make each joke a, a story and have it have an ending and have it ha- like be its own little cinematic thing yeah. so that it can exist in itself and, and, you know, also be able to obviously go and segue into other things. But that's a, it's a, it's a skill like story writing, using that, that, that sort of mindset to put into your jokes. That's a difficult thing to do. Well, I don't, I'm never going to have the ability to rant. Like me, we were sitting next to each other watching Joe. Right. And at the store the other night, both of us were so impressed at his ability to rant. Yep. Free form, stream of conscious about subjects. Like I'm never going to really like, and we, we talked about this too. That it's it's too uh, it's it's a slippery slope these days. It's so volatile to take a something a, a subject that's going on in society and just kind of stand your ground and go. This is what I believe about that. Yeah. Bill does it. Joe does it. And I respect guys that do it. But that's not totally me. Like I don't really yeah. like. I don't vote. Like I don't give a fuck about voting. I, I don't either. I'm like. I, I mean, I think that I pay my. We were. I was talking to a friend yesterday about paying taxes. I pay all my taxes. Yep. I don't really give a shit. <laughs> I understand. I don't cheat. Right. Like, but I, I talk about like my family, and I like to kind of. Like, I love when you get a story that just is so. That's like five minutes. Yeah. Six minutes, and it just destroys from beginning to end. Yes. And you're like, whoa, okay, that people don't even know they heard a story. They don't even, and that's that's the thing. Like, they don't know they've heard a story because it's it's almost like a grocery store. There's all these lanes of different things existing in it, but you it, everything under the, uh, the 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 ceiling of the grocery store, you go there for that. Like, it's just one neat yeah. package, but it, it's hidden. You know, all these like little things are hidden inside. Yeah. It's like a you know, it, it's a way to tell a bunch of different jokes if you want to call them jokes i feel like that you're selling it short when you say jokes because it's a story so those that's like the skill of storytelling like being able to sort of drag it along and and sprinkle it with these things that sort of add color to it yeah it's hard it's also hard to do that and like we were saying get past at a club that you've never worked at because it's it goes back to the demetri martin thing you've got to have these like it's it's a weird thing because comedy's so vast it's it's a universe in of itself but a lot of the people who are in the industry and comedians even, they get stuck in their lanes. This is comedy. This is comedy. Yeah. This is comedy. Yeah. You have to have your joke, your setup punch. You have to be irreverent. You have to be dark. You have to be clean. You have to be dirty. And, and the reality is you just have to speak your truth. Yeah. You just got to – it's like there was a – I forget the comic, but I, there was a comic I watched. I was like, God, you're so good. And he was like so blown away. He was like, really? I said, no, you don't know why you're good. And you'll fuck it up before you get good. But like right now, you're just saying things that happen to you that are real, and that is what why people are laughing. Yep, because it's they know that it's It's they know it's personal. It's personal. Yeah. And then there's this time where people go, "I did it too." Like I was like when I first started, my first few times, I was like, I was very me. I was a frat boy that came out of college, and I didn't know anything else. Frat boy. Oh, heart. Are you kidding? I can't look at your cowboy boots and see you as a frat boy. Oh my god, I was, that's amazing! I was the number one party animal in the country by I Rolling Stone I mean, magazine. I, the party animal thing I get, but frat boy—that's that's a left field. Interesting. I have a I have a need to fit in. <laughs> We're comedians. They're like everybody, all of us do in some way, shape, or form. My self-esteem is in the shitter. <laughs> it consistently. There's is. a title for your next DVD. My self-esteem is in the shitter. <laughs> Doug Benson said my next album should be called White Noise. <laughs> That's good. It's a good one, right? Yeah, it's great. He's really good at coming up with titles. Oh, that's a good title. How did you meet Doug? Um, Doug and I did. We did New Year's Eve together two years ago at the Mas- uh, Masonic. I did it. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were we with all me. Did it, yeah. That's how I met you. Yeah, me, you, was it two Moshe. years ago, or three years ago, three years ago. No, was it? It wasn't. Was it this last one? It wasn't the one before yeah. that. It was the one before that. Yeah, I think. it was you, Hannibal, myself. Hannibal Moshe. was there. Yep, Hannibal was there. Um, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, uh white guy, tall white guy with the weird looking mouth. He had his own show. Uh, Pete Holmes. He's such a weird mouth. Pete Holmes was there. Yeah, he's got like a mouth looks like wax melting. Oh, that Pete. That was when Pete was drinking. Yes, he was drinking. Because he, I went down. And I was like, I was, I was so blown away that I went down before the show, and he was having a beer before the show. Yeah, so like, is he sober now? No, you know, he's like, he's like one of those other. He's like, there's a bunch of guys that are like that. Like, I, and I, by the way, I don't know. I shouldn't speak for Pete at all. Allegedly, um, just no, say allegedly. But he's like one of those guys. He's a big drinker, but then he goes on big periods where he doesn't drink, and then he's like, you know what? I'm gonna start drinking for the next couple months, and then he goes like, I want to say eight months. I could be totally wrong. Without was, drinking? Yeah, but he was like a big. He was a big boozer. TJ was a big boozer. Yeah, like uh, they, like, and I only say that because I, I remember Ari saying all the Chicago guys are big boozers. Yeah, I feel I like everyone I'd, in Chicago is a big boozer. I wish I had come out of a scene like well, I guess I came out of New York, but like they all came out of Chicago and came here. Yeah, like him, Hannibal. Uh, uh, I want to say Aziz. I'm sorry, but I'm sure it's not. No, 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 no. no uh, not Aziz. No. I'm sorry. Now I'm racist. Kumail, Kumail. But they were all came out of Chicago and like all knew each other. It's environmental. Like if you grow up, I grew up in Syracuse. Everyone's boozers in Syracuse. It's oh. cold. It's gray. You know, you're you're. Isn't isn't Owen Benjamin out of Syracuse? Oh, he's from Oswego, which is pretty much Syracuse. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Owen's Owen's one of my favorite human beings. He is so he's so dark. I love. I'm attracted to like that dark comedy, and yeah. uh, I love the fact that he doesn't give a fuck. He'll bring his piano, his he keyboard really on stage. He doesn't give a fuck. He really does. He really doesn't give a fuck. Genuinely. He doesn't, and he's super intelligent. Be I, and I think people, uh, I think people write it off as like he's just a good-looking fat Arrogant. boy. Yeah, they yeah. they don't realize like no, he actually can break things apart and and has a uh, an interesting point of view. I love him. He's one yeah. of the people. Him and Nick Thune, and I, I don't like people were uh, didn't like him and Nick Thune because they felt like they had it too easy when they came out here uh, because Nick was gorgeous. Yeah, and he's really talented. And uh, and he you know he played the guitar and it was just like great I mean, head just, of hair, great head of hair. That hair got him his career. Let's be honest. The hair, the beard, the style. <laughs> the, he was those the first. Blue eyes. He was the first person I ever saw with skinny jeans. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like he had this like this like mod rocker. He did. He very mod. Yeah, and like, like, he could have rolled with Andy Warhol. He's I I loved. I was in. I was a little older than them, and I was already headlining when they showed up. Yeah. And I'd already had my run of television, where where you, I believe you get a couple runs of television. I yeah. believe you get one big chunk when you're young. Mm-hmm. Then you go through this dry period where you got to learn humility and watch other people that are younger than you get and on television. And wonder if you, if you should do your plan B or not. Yeah. <laughs> and the, yeah. If you should dip into some skilled trade. And then I and then I believe you do a chunk, like like uh, where you. Do stuff that you're that you learn more than you think you're learning. Yeah, and then I believe you make a big. I believe this is the way I believe my career will go, and I've I've seen other people's. And then you do something tenpole like Louis or Bill. You or, get that you get that thing because all that accumulated experience. Well, you figure out what the fuck you're doing. Like yeah. I, I really I've really focused on creating my own content, not just with the vlog, but or with with the podcast. But I do a vlog also. You do. I do a vlog. Yeah, I'll put. I gotta check this. I'll out. I'll put you in it. Yeah. When we get done, I'll put you in it. This will be in it. Sweet. But um. I, and I just edit it myself. I post it myself. 
And uh, but I learned a lot about editing. I got Tom Segura, who's one of my best God, friends. I suck at that stuff. I, it's like some, it's a different type of brain that can like. It's not. It's not. And I I'm going to force you to do a vlog <laughs> because because you're I gonna think, for, you're gonna force me to do a vlog. You, I think, I think, I I will obsess about it when we get done this. I will sit <laughs> you down and I will tell you what I told Tom. Okay. And I'll show you what I'm seeing. And I'll show you the interaction you get between your fans. Really? So, yeah, a lot of a lot of people right now. A lot of people are like, they'll have notes on this podcast, and I love the people that listen to this podcast. But and they know this, and we know this. We've all talked about yeah. this uh, via Twitter. But the comment section on this is Twitter. The people listen to it, and then yeah. they tweet me, yep. "Hey Bert, uh, you should have let Jesse May talk more." <laughs> That's what they'll say. That's gonna be my uh, comment. Bert, I've heard that. I you just went- tweeted that. I've heard that you've gone scuba diving. I don't need to hear that again. I would like to hear about her. And that's the format of this. Right. Those same people then said, hey, by the way, let your guests talk more. And then you talk more on your vlog. I love your vlog. Keep up the good work. Yeah. I really like this. I've always wanted to see what it was like when you partied. I want to see what it's like when you go and hang out with Rogan. I want to see what it's like when Joey Diaz comes over. Do I you see- vlog with them? Do you yeah, put like, him on I the vlog? I just take my camera with me fucking everywhere. I take it everywhere. So I, and so is it just like you're just like selfie sticking, videotaping yourself? I'll show you. I'll show you. And you just bring – is it almost like periscoping, but you just it's, tape I it? Have a, I have oh, – <laughs> That's when you know you're old, when shit starts getting oh, creaky. My fucking neck. I'm going to get a – so this is my camera. <laughs> it's a Canon G7X. Oh, wow. That it's, looks good. It's a really great camera. It's uh, – uh, the battery's dead. But I have two batteries. I keep one on charge at all times. Yeah. Um. I get like a 64 gigabyte card in here, so I don't have to change it for like a couple days. Right, right, right. And then my buddy John Manns, who was in that uh, one of the dreams I had last night. <laughs> Your dreams were wild I got last stuck. night. I got stuck in. I'm not going to tell you the dream. It's a stupid dream. And so, But he makes these Dinkum systems. If you guys want to go to Dinkum.com. And DinkumSystem.com, just type in Dinkum. And Dinkum. You, I screw it in. It's what I'm using to hold that, to hold that. Yeah, those look and dope. I, I kind of just carry my camera around. And I just like, I not for everything. Because that's one of the really great things about a vlog is you start learning, you start learning what to shoot and what yeah, not to say, shoot. Yeah, just gonna say like, how, how do you do you cut stuff? Do you edit when you're I done? I edit the whole thing myself, but you start editing out like I learn what is excessive, which makes you a better on camera talent. Yes, to be- cut the fat. Because yeah, cut the fat and be like, you know what? I don't need you to roll for fucking ten hours because what happens in that is the same thing that happens to me. Is I get so bored looking at footage and that's what happens to kids who are doing string outs these these young acs who are just like like or not acs young ap's yeah who are like just i, I can't watch 10 hours and they just did nothing happened yep. and so what you've learned to do is you learn to make more use of the time when you're shooting it's like you, you you're like maximizing the time you're, yeah you're, and- you're forcing your brain to like do something that actually is of quality instead of just like rolling and rolling and rolling. And that's that's my fall. Do you think flaw. they tape? You think pornos are like that? Like girls are just getting rammed and rammed and rammed and rammed, and then they cut it all up. Oh yeah, just like finger blasted for fourteen hours. I'd like to try to edit a porn because <laughs> I've been editing a lot. I think that would be really a challenge. I bet you have because I bet you're like I bet I guarantee you that's why they put the music in. Yeah, because you know, the, the one, distraction. No, it's it's a way to cut. <laughs> oh yeah, and yeah. it makes it makes it better for the eye that bow 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 and then boom, nice clean change, cut change clean cut bow 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 anal bow 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 oral bow 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 anal to oral. Yeah. Oh yeah. I guess. Jesus. Ask the mouth. Ask the mouth. Woo! <laughs> My God. So um. Merry but, Christmas. But uh, but yeah, and so I'll force you to do okay, a vlog. Okay, I'll, I'll try it. You'll because you can do it on your phone. 
Yeah. I've done it on my phone. There's these, there's some people that I like. I'll show you, and you'll get into their stuff, and you'll go. Yeah, I want to see. Is... I want to see some stuff because yeah. I'm interested in that. I'm interested. I'm all about diversifying diversification. What's, what's what is what is your like? What is your plan with this business? Like, how did you did you go in? To not hang myself. <laughs> Right. You know, like I, I didn't go in wanting to be famous. I didn't go in like I want to be a famous person. I just, you know, um, I want to, you know, do the specials. I want to have the book. I want to, you, you know, um, do the own my own show. And those are things like I'm starting to, you know, we're in the precipice of getting all those things underway. How long have you been doing stand up? I started when I was 19. I Holy did improv shit. for three years. I'm 33 now. You're 33? Yeah. Well, I didn't think that. Yeah, good skin, right? Great <laughs> I'm just skin. Kidding. Well, you have really I'm great so skin. so cute. Uh, no, my, it's so funny that my daughter thought you were her uh, tutor. When I know. Walked I walk in, in and she's like, she's like fuck. I should just. I should have played it. Come on, Ida. Let's sit down. I should have pretended to be your daughter's tutor. I mean, you'd lose your that talking about not wanting to hang yourself. <laughs> Fucking Isla's tutor. I'm shocked that woman doesn't come in hammered. Really? Uh, yeah, Isla's Isla's got a very tough road to plow when it comes to learning. Oh, that's. I mean, that's difficult. Dyslexic. Man. Yeah, that's hard, especially as a kid. Yeah. Imagine just like nowadays, it's almost like there's this whole promoting of being an asshole to other kids. Like it, children are just such assholes to each other. You have no fucking. Idea. And so just to add in some like learning curve. Yeah. It, she's she's gonna be a strong chick though. She should be. We'll see. I mean, I don't yeah, know. I almost sat down and gave her a tutor you with your big ass dog. It's interesting that people that they meet and they don't like, they kind of just blow it off. Like, like it would be cool for her to sit down with you. And I, like, I always feel that about like, I always want to like slow it down and go, girls, come on out to the man cave and talk yeah. to this woman who's doing something very different with her life than fucking 98% of the women that you get to run into every yeah, day teachers are, yeah. and moms and like take a look at a woman it's like like uh, Jen, I love Jen Kirkman um, yeah she's and, great and I always want I always want to be like hey can you just like <laughs> give give like the perspective they get is from my wife who I love to death she seems wonderful she's pretty fucking dialed she in she seems woman. like dope like, oh. a, like a like a down chick I'll tell you I mean I, I, I'll tell so you so calm I'll tell you a great story about her is she on meds or is she that calm? Uh, no, she, she no meds, no. Wow. Therapies forever. She seems like so level. She's uh she's she ever snap on you and throw coffee mugs at your face? She's got she's got her issues. Her issues are um like her main issue is that I know it was that I drive her fucking nuts. Well, like, I I know that. I mean, yeah, like I drive her fucking nuts. Yeah. I, I I have a hard time um self soothing. Because my parents uh, never let, let made me sleep in my own bed. Oh man! So like, if I had a nightmare, I could just get in bed with my parents. My right. and then fuck their marriage up. It's all and, your fault. And my sister would sleep in bed with them, and like we slept until I was ten. Oh, like shit. I was, I remember being older than ten, sleeping in bed with them. Like I remember being oh, in bed with them, God. older than ten. You're doing Regents exams in the bed. I mean, I slept with them. I slept with them every. I didn't realize how fucked up this is. I slept with them every day of my life. Until I was ten, and that's at their 10, fucking fault. Oh yeah, it is. Mom They're, and dad. They should have made me be like, parenting. be like, Bert, go to your room and figure out how to soothe yourself so you don't yeah. have to drink on a plane every time you get on a plane. Suck your thumb. Get yeah. a blankie, like the rest of your friends. But my, but so I, my right now in therapy, I'm going through learning how to soothe because I'll have a problem. That's a great. That's a skill, man. Oh, it's it turns into a lot of pouting and. <laughs> 
temper tantrum throwing. Do you come in here in your man cave naked and put on your cowboy boots and cry? I come into my man cave and I sit back there and I just go, motherfucker. You know what? Fuck it. I'll just have a drink. Fuck it. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to open a bottle of wine. Do you gonna... self-loathe a lot? Are you one of those? Like, I do that. I get into those, like, self-loathing corners sometimes where you're just like, I suck. I'm not funny. And nobody like. Do you ever just get into those, like, dark crevices in your brain and just if, sit? If, if, if I did to other people what I do to myself in self-loathing I would be I would be a horrible human being <laughs> like no one would want me if I said if I just sat and talked about people the way I talk about myself yeah. to myself people would be like fuck Bert man yeah he's the he worst really bad to hang around I had a really weird we were talking about the comedy store and I've talked about this probably a lot uh, I guess I don't know but uh I had a weird interaction doing Ari's show with one of the bouncers who was just very not cool he was just very not cool. What happened? Do you want to he talk just, about it? Or you don't want to get into no, specifics. No, I don't care. He just, he wasn't not cool. Let me rephrase that. And because I talked to, I talked to uh, the buddy who came over to smoke a cigar yesterday. I talked to him yeah. about it. He just was doing his job. But I'm at a place in my life where I my ego is so fragile that and my self esteem so fragile that if I go to a club that I'm not that I don't necessarily work at. And you're like, and they don't know. And, and, and you're just regular. He wasn't being a dick. He was just regular. He's just like, I was like, oh, I'm a comedian. I'm doing a show. So, yeah, sorry, man. I don't know who you are. And I was like, fuck. In my head, I'm like, like. It's a war. It, it brings you right back to the beginning yeah, of, of like stand up. And it's and it really is a way to shut a stand up down because now you now you're not a stand up. You're not. Yeah. I'm you're not. Just, a, and now I'm not a guy that looks like I'm lying. But and it you get, don't realize, you get in your head. Oh. Did it get in my head? Did this happen when I saw the night I saw you at the store? Night, night after. Because it happened to me the night I saw you at the store. I mean, my excuse is I, I don't, you know, I don't know. I've just come to L.A. and you know, uh, there's yeah. a lot of comedians it's, who don't know who I am. But he did this. Some guy at the store did the same thing. Yeah, and and I, I literally was like, "Fuck! I got, now I got to do a show. I got to yeah, do a show." Yeah, you got to dig like, yourself out of that. By the way, he wants me to. He wants me to. He wants me to walk around to the front of the club, club and show my ID. I got ID. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, oh my god! And then god. people look at you, and it's just this whole. It's this. And weird by the way, moment. by the way, I gotta defend the guy because I can't. I because he wasn't being a dick. He's doing he was his being, job. He was doing his job. It's why he's paid. A fucking million people show up and go, "Hey, I'm a I'm comedian. comedian." It just happens that when you say it to a guy who's been doing it 16 years, yep. who's like a national headliner yep. and had hour specials and. It and and it's been on TV for six years straight. <laughs> you're like, it, oh, it fuck. fucking it levels you. <laughs> and you're like, okay, it nothing means anything. Yeah, I was like, fuck. What have I been <laughs> doing for all this time if no one knows who I am? So like, and so I was like, I was like heartbroken. And I and I brought, went to Ari and Ari's and I, like because I think I want to say Ari had to come down and or no. Oh God, does they, somebody have to come bail you? Someone, so I think someone recognized me and was like Bert. I forget. I didn't even. By the way, this is how little I know about the comedy club. I don't know the difference between the OR and the main room, and I only know that the belly room is in the back. So that's why yeah. I went to the back. I didn't know you could get to the belly room right. through the front. There's so, so many. There's so many ways to get into yeah, that. Place. I would. I, I, did, I didn't know that you could get to the. I thought there were three separate comedy clubs. Yeah. And so, I only went to the back. So that's where I had only walked up a stairwell back there. I didn't know where the stairwell was. I just. I'm literally trying to figure it out, and I. And it looked like I was trying to break in. It did look like I was trying to break in. I'm sure. <laughs> but and and my buddy yesterday was like, dude, ever you gotta fucking let that shit go. Everyone gets at it from time to time. It's part of this fucking business. Yeah, especially as like, part of the yeah, location. And it's, it's and it's 
and it's look i don't work the club the guy doesn't know me because i'm not a regular there because i don't fucking work there because i have a family and i'm on the road and i have a tv show that travels and so i got to defend the guy in that sense yeah i got to defend any of those kids that would say i don't know who you are what, do, what is he supposed to say oh, oh let me google you real quick yeah. like, what, he's show fucking, him your twitter account yeah he doesn't want to be a comic no. he just is working the fucking door he's trying to make a paycheck yeah he's just and he's like hey man i don't know who you are and and you're not Harlan Williams, and that's who I know. Yep. You're not Dice. I know that guy. Yep. You're not Joe Rogan. You're not Ari. You're not guys so you're, that are here every so single night. you're no one to me. Yeah, and, and, and prove you're someone, and I'll let you in. Yep. And Or you can just be treated like everyone else to show your ID, and it just fucked with my ego. So the next day, I was like, I was destroying myself. I was <laughs> literally destroying myself, and I Did got in bed. you come back here with the chickens? Uh, you have no idea. <laughs> I was like, because now I got to do Redman's show, and I'm like, fuck, I got to go through this thing all again tomorrow. I got to go and be like, I'm a fucking... Uh, I'm just... I got to go and, and show like my social media presence just to feel validated at the door of a comedy club. And it's... But it's a weird thing. It's, it's a, a very weird, weird thing. thing. And, and it happens... I was talking to Tripoli about it. It happens to him at the improv because he didn't hang out at the improv yeah. a lot. And, and it doesn't happen to me at the improv, but it just happens that I go to the improv a lot. And I, I've been going there a lot. Yeah. So they know who I am. And if... and. So it's just it just happens at clubs you don't go like if I went to Laugh Factory I don't ever go to the fucking Laugh Factory I'm not a, I'm not a nothing wrong with that place yeah. but I just don't that wasn't my scene when I was younger yeah it doesn't in the kind of style of comedy I did yep and I like the improv and I don't know why I picked the improv but so I went back I had to go back the next night I was throwing temper tantrum for myself and my wife this is how great my wife is <laughs> my wife came into the room knew I was throwing temper tantrum and read quotes about piety and she was like you were are being you serious she was like you were being pious. She was like, you need to be playful. That's who you are. Who you are doesn't give a fuck if some guy doesn't know who you are. She's like, are you she serious? Came out with the vocabulary like that? No, she was like, she was like, you need to you need to go there with humility. Who Is your she, wife the Dalai Lama? She's just a really centered wow. fucking person. And so she then That gave like leveled me, me that wasn't even. She in my gave experience. me the speech about how about being fucking humble? You have a beautiful house. You have a beautiful family. You have you don't have to worry about money. Yeah. You have a great career. How about just going up to a guy who doesn't know who the fuck you are and saying, hi, my name's Burt Kreischer. I'm a stand-up comedian. Um, I have a show tonight. And being a fucking humble, playful person. And I went, oh, good call. Maybe that's how I should have acted to this guy the other night as opposed to whatever i said i'm sure it didn't come out as dickish as i'm making it yeah. sound now but like oh i'm a comedian i have a fucking show <laughs> don't stop me i'm just walking in <laughs> i whatever wrestled a bear ego 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 well a lot of it, the ego thing i always say that all comedians are insecure narcissists because what we do is rooted in ego equal amounts of ego and insecurity yeah you need to have the insecurity to dig out the material and you need to have the ego to deliver it yeah. So it's a balance and, and, it's, and a it's balance hard. To, to be able to do what you're about to do, it's a fucking thing. So anyway, the next night I go back to the store and I'm like, this will be bad. And so I go up to the front door and the guy goes, the guy goes, uh, I go, hi, I'm a comedian. My name's Burt Kreischer. He goes, I know who you are. I was like, oh. Same guy? No, different guy. Uh. But I was like, oh, thank God. And then he was like, <laughs> just go back. I go, I don't work here very often, so I don't know where I'm going. And he's like, go back there. So I walked to the, and I have to go by another bouncer and I'm like, hi, my name's Burt. He's like, I know who you are, man. Just go back there. <laughs> so I was like, it just happened that the one guy working that one night maybe didn't i don't know who it doesn't matter it doesn't matter but i did say i did have a great time at the store that night yeah it was a place i'd love to work more but the truth is i am also not home a ton so i can't put in the man hours to just you have to you have to, you have to go and you have to hang and you have to do the whole scene thing. it's worth it's, it it's hard it is worth it it's, it's a great difficult. club it's a, it's it is a, a great club great it feels group good of comics that yep. hang out there 
and to uh, get that energy it's been around forever but it's hard like when you're on the road a lot like that's how i feel i go in and i'm just like i feel like i'm back at square one because where and you you started in Sarah, doing stand-up in syracuse i started in boston doing oh that's right there, boston yeah. and we and then when did you move to new york because new york has that energy of yes like, having to like Ooh. new york is like it's like dental work that's what it feels like it feels like every time you go out you're just getting a fucking a molar ripped out of your oh. face where did you where did you first start working in New York? Um, just like comedy run shows, like comedian run shows. Like I just did all those, like the the Village Lantern, the oh, yeah. um, what was that one around the on West Third, um, Comedy Underground, um, and then I started. I just started running my own bullshit shows and barking, getting people in. I just did you that barked? for years. Oh yeah, I barked. Middle of the winter, I out, barked in the corner. That that Boston Comedy Club flyer is what I used to hand out when I barked. Oh my! It looks like you know. It looks like a, a a flyer for a guy who does senior photos. Yeah, it's well. <laughs> That's the, awesome. That was uh, I used to bark and hand out that I flyer. I out flyers too for like years. Yeah, and then you go and you do this. You know, you take a majority of the stage time. You bogart the stage time, and you yeah. hand it out to the rest of your friends. It's the best. It's the best. Now and then, when did you start doing TV? Like, when did you? I started the first TV I did was a Tyra Banks show like years ago. You did the Tyra Banks yes, show? Yes, I did. It was like 2008. I barked is... her. I barked her into the comedy club one time. You did? Time. I didn't know who she was. She was just a hot chick, and I was, was she like, "She tall? She's a big. She, well, I know she's she, tall, but yeah. like, she's a big ass woman. She's big, and yeah. I barked her in before the club was open. Like, meaning like, I barked her in at like 7:30. There, no one. We hadn't sat anyone, so she brought, well, came into the club to get seats and didn't. You didn't see know anyone. who she was? Didn't know who she was. Wow. Just a beautiful black she woman. She is beautiful. Yeah, I did her show. It was this thing called, a segment called Guests on the Side, and they were trying to, like, increase the ratings. And so they were trying to find a comedian to be, like, the, you know, the bounce off, like, the clown of the show, yeah. basically. And they didn't give me any format. You know, there was, a, like, one thing I had to do as far as, like, a technicality, like, just holding up cards and doing some sort of specific thing. Other than that, they were, like, just sort of, like, feed off of her, keep it clean, you know, just kind of pop up what she says. And I was like, all right, cool. So I didn't want to step on her toes or anything. When she addressed me, I said some stuff, and I had, like, a chair in the middle of the audience. And it went great. You know, it was my first gig. Uh, I was so proud that I was able to not swear and not go salacious and say, you know, butthole jokes or whatever. Um, And it went great. I was like, oh, this is awesome. And so they had me back one more time and it went great again. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. This is how TV is. And then she didn't want me back. She didn't want me back. I don't know why. And then the show got canceled. Yeah. And well, it's, it, it's so funny because it's in when that moment, it's so about you. Yeah. Like you're like, why the fuck? What does she yeah, hate about me? Like, and then that, you go, what did I do wrong? And then you start like recycling. You go over all the things you said. And you're like, well, maybe I shouldn't have said this. And then the, and the, it just, it comes down to just wh- whatever the, br- the way the breeze was blowing that day. Oh, it's just, it comes down to the fact that she probably wasn't thinking about you at all. Yeah. That her show's about to get canceled and she's trying to keep her head above water. Yeah. And it's, and I guarantee you Tyra thought about Tyra a lot. Oh yeah. Cause that, that's the craziest oh, it was thing. Tyra. It was Tyra day. Yeah. It, yeah. But then, so something funny happened recently that made me think about that. So I had to do a Skype, uh, like I had a Skype with a couple network executives and a, and a couple producers for a, sh- a new show on, I think it was like, I forget what network it was, some daytime show that they wanted to meet me and consider me for being on the panel. And this was like four or five months ago. And so I'm Skyping with these two girls and we're having a great time and they're asking about all my experiences and, you know, um, what I want to do and my TV experiences. And I told them about the Tyra Banks show. And now keep in mind, I didn't know what this was for. And this was just this is why I can't wake up in the morning and not have a cup of coffee. I need to think about what's going on in the day before I am expected to talk because it's unfiltered. Yes. 
if I don't look at a schedule book or know who I'm meeting, I'm going to, I'm just not going to book whatever. Yeah. So I tell them the story that I just told you. And, and, and I also added the fact that I didn't think Tyra was a good host. Oh. I was like, you know, it was a little bit difficult of a job because she kind of dropped the ball a few times and I had to try and, you know, it was my first experience. So it was like difficult. So it turns out the show that I'm Skyping with these women about is a new Tyra Bank show. And I had just told them how shitty I thought she was. Holy shit. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? And that so is. That, so that, that Skype was like a, f- a few months ago. So, so fast forward to Wednesday or Thursday night, I did Laugh Factory and then I did the improv. And I'm in the bathroom and I, there's these two girls in there and I come out and the one girl's like, oh, I'm so excited to see you. I'm here to see you. And I look at her. I'm like, you look kind of familiar. She's like, yeah, I Skyped with you on the phone about that show. And I'm like, oh my God. God. I was like, can I just clear myself? Like, I didn't mean to be a bitch about Tyra. I think she's great and talented. I just was like, it was morning. I didn't have my green tea yet. And I just was like totally off the cuff, unfiltered. She's like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, I didn't book the gig. Yeah. For whatever reason, yeah. but it was just was funny. Like those moments come back, and you're like, you gotta shut your fucking mouth once in a while. Now, where do you find yourself getting like? Where do you find yourself getting not pigeonholed, but typecast in this business? You know, I guess it's the the funny and pretty thing kind of drives me nuts. Really? Yeah. I mean, I I I don't mind. Like, I don't play up my prettiness and i don't play it down i don't think about it as much um so i guess like just the whole having to categorize it specifically kind of just drives me a little nuts but in the same breath it's like you know you got to know where your strengths are and you have to realize that the business is labeled for a reason because people need labels to digest stuff yeah so i guess i just that maybe is the only thing that i that i've been typecasted as but i'm just trying to be funny that's it. Yeah. I just want to be funny. I don't want to try and do something to fit into some sort of slot. That's the weird thing is I feel like they set up slots. They do. They're preemptive slots and they want you to fit in so that they can consume you the way that they want to consume you. And I think that's for me, I, people, I, I guess where I'm at is like people don't really, uh, the industry knows who I am, yeah. but I'm still at that, the, the, precipice of of doing things so i guess it's an advantage because i'm still i haven't yet done that big show that for that i'm starring in and i haven't yet you know released a book that i've been writing so all these things are new do you want to write a book yeah i started i started like two years ago it's a fucking nightmare it's a nightmare because people don't realize how many drafts you have to do (sighs) you start and you get it done and you're like this is fucking amazing someone equated it to uh, maybe a David Spade said it's like I'm, I'm only saying because I have I have his book. Yeah, like, right next to yours, right here yeah. on the coffee table. Um, to like giving birth or having a baby or having a child, I would. I mean, if it, that's what it's like to give birth, I don't want to do it again. You don't want to do it again, yeah. And it's just it's been a long process, and you you leave it because you get busy with other stuff. And I'm on the road a lot, and the podcast. You're doing the road a lot right now. Yeah, like I literally I see your. I, I see you in every club I'm about to go to. Yeah, I, I'm always like, you know, I look at the guys that I know and I'm like, oh, I love Bert. There's always like a few people I'm like, these are the best. Yeah, my my, my people that I always saw were like Bobby Lee. Bobby. Uh, there was a guy. I mean, He's I, so I, fucking funny. Bobby Lee is the sweetest guy. Oh, I love that guy. He, don't you look at him and just, you think he's a toddler? Every time I see him, he feels like a toddler makes, to me. He's, he is pure when my wife said playfulness yes playfulness over piety that is bobby lee yeah there's not a pious a part of him he's he is just a fun 
giggling <laughs> and, and i'm like and i'm like i want to be more like that like who the fuck doesn't like bobby lee <laughs> like uh, ari ari beat him up one time but oh yeah yeah but uh but yeah i uh yeah i, I used to see bobby lee there was a guy named J, uh, jay medicine hat do you know who that is oh it sounds like a drug dealer that's an uh, interesting name he passed away he had a stroke oh he was, i'm sorry he did a lot. no 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 did he do did a lot of drugs yeah oh okay um i'm not talking ill of the dead i think anyone that knew him i'll talk ill of the dead i'll bring it on <laughs> He's uh <laughs> he was yeah, he was he was a guy I always was about to come into. Uh there's a guy there's a guy I'd really like to have on my podcast. Um Who is it? The Raging Cajun, John Yeah John uh I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he's in, in every Raging funny Cajun, bone. come on, what's his last name? John Oh fuck. But he's he's like yeah. he's destructive. I mean he every club he goes to the he's like the staff's favorite comic. He destroys every fucking show. Yeah. And the really fascinating thing about him, his wife won the lottery. What? His wife won the lottery, so he doesn't need to work. How, like a like a jackpot? Like fucking millions? Thirty million or hundred and sixteen million? Like like one like legit like won the lottery. That's insane. Uh John not John. John Witherspoon. What, I gotta type. I know you gotta. Go, it, I'm gonna go home and be like, "What? What was it?" And just not realize I can Google it. The Rage and Cajun sounds like a good. I mean, it sounds like a hot sauce brand. Uh, or what he, I call my vagina after a bad, you know, weekend. <laughs> the Rage and Cajun. <laughs> oh, I went out with a Rage and Cajun yeah. last night. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> um, shit. Do you have a boyfriend? I'm kind of seeing a fella. How's that work? It's been working well because he can travel a lot, so he's been traveling to my weekends with me. John Morgan. Jo- okay. See, I wouldn't have thought of Morgan. John Morgan, the Raging Cajun. Yep. If anyone wants to hit up John anyone, Morgan. Hit him up. Get some hot sauce. Yeah, it's it's weird having a significant other. We haven't said the boyfriend-girlfriend thing because the whole... I don't want to... I feel like once you start... Labeling things? Then it just sort of starts to deplete. Maybe that's just because I'm jaded. I come from a broken home, but uh, my wife—that's what I said to my wife. The second you start naming things, it, it makes it complicated. You know what my wife said? What? Then I'm done with you. I was like thirty. I was twenty-nine years old. Wow. And I was like, "What?" I love your wife. And she was like, uh, "She's like, I'm, I'm a serious person. I know that I love you, and if you cannot say I love you back to me and commit to me, then what am I doing? I'm wasting my fucking time." Yeah. And I went. Hold on. And she's like, no, I'm done. And dump We're me. so jaded. We're so jaded. Yeah. Because we come from these like, you know, you you were sleeping with your parents till you were like 17. My mom moved in the neighbor when I was nine. My neighbor's dad, she moved in when I was nine. What do you mean? Well, she my parents were together. Yeah. And then my dad, you know, left. And then the guy, who, the father who lived two doors down, the father of the family that I grew up with moved in. And like was, it was there for you know it was like my stepdad after that was I was like why is dating Steve your here mom? yeah I was wow. like, why, why is Steve here and why are his kids still over there like what's happening wait was your mom why did your parents get split up you know I I just think arguing whatever the accumulation of personalities that you know incapable the the being uh uncompat what is the word that I'm trying to say incompatible uh, yeah that's right is it on yeah. or in i never know incompatible is incapacitated incapacitated Uncompa- not compatible yeah um and i they think they were just arguing a lot and then you know they decided to are you an only child no i had a sister who's four years older yeah. yeah but she was you know she was older when this happened she kind of understood so i think that you know but like the point is you just have these experiences that sort of make you see how bad it can be and then that becomes the 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 best it could be <laughs> 
You know what I'm saying? Like, no, say it again. What do you mean? Like you, you grow up in a certain environment and you see the worst of it. And in your mind, that's as good as it gets. And so you sort of uh, keep that as a, a a standard for your relationships. Yeah. And I'm speaking for myself. You just sort of follow, you stay in that lane of dating guys who you don't really value or they don't value you. And you just sort of recycle this uh, thing that you've experienced in your life until you realize, oh, that's not, that's not healthy. Yeah. That's not the way to do it. Yeah. Everyone deserves more. You don't have to, you know... Uh, re- repeat history. That's exactly. I found crazy women my whole life. I found women that needed something. Yeah, you, and you're attracted to that, right? And I was attracted to that. And it was like, I wanted someone with volatile... Like, I look back. It's so interesting. Uh, I look back at the relationships I had. Not only... I, I was never abusive, but I was definitely not a healthy boyfriend to anybody. Right, like emotionally like, reckless? I was. I was, I was just like... I get my feelings hurt really easily yeah. and I throw temper tantrums and like I was the same way. Like I was I'm very grateful that there wasn't an internet back then that people could have posted <laughs> stories about what a bad boyfriend I was. Right. Like I mean I, I was the kind of boyfriend that like their friends were like you need to break up with this guy. He's not healthy for you. <laughs> like and I just was like like I I treated people poorly. I was very self-centered. How'd you get out of that? Did you did you take therapy? Get, get no, into therapy? No, I, I I my last girlfriend that probably last girlfriend like uh, not legit last girlfriend but like before my wife the last one I said that I loved yeah um was this girl Kristen who was who was the reason I got into stand up and she was just very supportive she was really. I mean, she was just like the kind of person that was like that you needed in your life in that moment. It's I was a, a horrible thing. boyfriend to her. Like I was not a good boyfriend. Right. I mean, not that I, not that I was like I never hit her. I never like, uh, I never was demeaning to her. Right. At all. I was just uh, emotional I was, issues. I liked I liked to fight. You know. Yeah. Like so, I'd I'd pick fights. The, the, I don't know. It's not just not. Yeah, I, I was a, emotionally a bad person. Yeah. And I would. I don't know. I, it's it's hard to explain, but like no, I get it. It's it's hard. It's like a you. I've never laid my hands on a woman, but I definitely have acted like the people that do. Meaning, like right. I've been like, "What the fuck?" You know, yeah. like I just never like, and which I think is like emotional abuse. It is emotional abuse, and it's it's just a not knowing how to communicate and not knowing how to connect and not being comfortable with my feelings. I've been yep. cheated on by a girl, and so I never trusted anybody. Yep, and then and that s- becomes, and that's what I'm saying. Like when something happens and you experience then you're sort of in this lane of repeating it and going after it. Yeah. And then you're just fighting it, but wanting it and fighting it. And you're it bringing it, it in and you're like, and you want that fucking thing because yep. that's what you know is safety. And I remember at the end of the relationship, I remember her being like, I was living in New York. She was the whole reason that, I, I mean, like not the whole reason, but she was a vast majority of the reason that I got into stand-up because I'd said about it in this Rolling Stone article and she, and everyone got me to do it. She supported me. She supported me moving to New York. She was a flight attendant. Wow. She would come up to New York and she would tell me I'm the funniest person she's ever seen, that I'm funnier than everyone else. But then a- after a while, it was like a long-distance relationship and it wasn't healthy. Like we would just get on the phone and fight. And uh, and I'm sure I was picking the fights because I didn't yeah. know what she was doing and I didn't trust her. And then we broke up and I thought, and she was, I remember her one time saying like, are you happy? Because I'm not happy and you don't seem happy. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm not that fucking happy. Like, in, in all honesty, I was able to say in all honesty, yeah, I'm definitely not happy. Like, Was I, this it the is- first time that you actually addressed that emotion and realizing 
oh, oh, this, there's, there it is. Yeah, I am not enjoying myself. Did you have an Oprah aha moment? Yeah. <laughs> an emotional Oprah aha moment? Yeah. And I said, I want to get rid of this jealousy and I want to get rid of all these things of not trusting women. How did you do that? So do you I think just, stand uh, uh, getting into stand-up was therapy for you in a sense? I like think, how did you get rid of, how did, for me it took therapy getting out of that um, emotional, that repetitive, unhealthy, ruthless, reckless sort of repetition how did so i use therapy did you, you didn't i st- i said i'm i'm I ref- i'm not gonna let myself date anyone until i can figure out how to operate in this with another person yeah. that's exactly what i said to myself too like I, I was i've been single this is the first guy i've dated since my last volatile relationship who was with a comedian who was do i know him Giannis Papas. okay we dated we lived together we were together for almost three years it was, it was difficult so I, after that relationship, I was like, I, I got to figure out what my issues are yeah. before I'm able to even al- allow somebody into my life. Yeah. That's a big step. And that's a big thing to realize is that, as a human being that I got to figure my shit out because then if you don't do that, you just repeat these horrible patterns. Is that, I remember thinking, I was like, that girl Kristen was really cool. She was really cool and I kind of fucked it up because I didn't trust her and I didn't trust anybody and I... And I would just allow little bullshit to not make things fun. Right. I was like, and I'm not that I wanted to be with her, but I was like, the next person that comes by, I better be ready. Like, I better be ready emotionally. So I was like, I'm not dating anybody until I figure this out. And I was like, just, and I just didn't, wouldn't date anybody. And I would hook up and which made me feel very uncomfortable, very insecure. Right. Because are you the person who kind of likes an emotional connection as well? It's hard to just bang. First one night stand, I think I said, I love you to the person. (laughs) I've never one night stand i can't do that i've only had i've only had me out two i've only been with six women wow yeah you're like amish (laughs) yes i am wait how many wait how old were you when you lost your virginity uh well first time i lost my virginity was it was an unwanted experience yeah i was i was raped by a boyfriend is that too heavy to say? No. I mean, I talk about it. I have, you know, it's, yeah. it's material that I'm trying to wait, get into. how old were you? 16. That was my first sexual experience. And wait, like, uh, uh, and okay, I dated someone at one point that had that experience too. Yeah, and it's it's a weird thing because, you know, everyone, their buttholes pucker up when you say rape, first of all. Yeah. Um, and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, int- it's a weird word because it's so loaded with so many yes. things, but it's like, it's almost like saying, um, it's almost like the word pregnant. Yeah. Like, once it happens, there's no other thing than that to call it. That's all it is. You can't call it anything lighter right. than that. It's that. Right. And it has different It has different um, stages, just like pregnancy. There are different yeah. things that can happen under that word. Um, and one of the ones that makes people feel like, oh, well, that's not real rape is when it's with somebody you know. And it was yeah. with a guy that I was dating, but I wasn't ready. I wanted to wait. You know, I was one of these girls that was like, I'm going to wait. I'm not ready for sex. And he didn't honor that. And that was my first sexual experience. So that kind of set me off as well. Like having, you know, like, oh, okay, this is the way it's supposed to be. So wait, was it just that one time or did he do it a couple times? It was that one time and then... I didn't tell anybody. I I went and got the Plan B pill because I thought I was going to get pregnant, and so I was sick for like three days oh after that. God, I didn't tell my mom. Heavy. It was heavy, yeah. And you know, you're not re- emotionally ready to handle all this. Stuff. No, I was 16 years old. Yeah. And you know, the other thing was that like, I I stayed with him for a couple weeks after that because I just was so confused. I was like, this is somebody I, I trust. What's how long, happening? How long had you been dating before like, that? Like. I was 16, but you know, when you're 16, it's like puppy love. Yeah. But he was older. He was 18 years old. 
Um, and then he, he, he choked me, pushed me up against the wall, grabbed me by my neck and choked me against the wall over, I don't care what it was. I mean, you never, obviously that's horrible. And then I was in my mind, I'm like, this is terrible. I don't care what it was. If you had stole 10 grand from him, I get it. Yeah, I mean, if I, if I had like killed his dog, maybe. There's reasons to chokehold somebody. Like I can figure out a few reasons. I think but. I changed the channel. It, the reason was so much, like yeah. so minuscule. You're right. I should take that back. There are reasons to choke out a bitch. I mean, there's like, <laughs> there's like definitely a few times where you're like, what? I'm gonna like, choke a motherfucker. No, no, no. He fuck. She fucking sold him out to the mob. Like that's when you choke somebody. He's gonna be killed. Like oh, okay, okay. He's gonna be killed in a week. No, yeah. I, I've been joking, obviously. Oh but, my god, that's But it's so, so funny. funny. You go, I, I don't know what the reason was. I'm sure it was and all i thought was i was trying to think of what Why would be would, the reason what would validate, yeah, it? What would validate it whatever so it wasn't a validated chokehold uh and then after the day i was like that's it I, this is unhealthy and then i just kept it a secret for a long time you know i told i told my sister and my mom about it two three years ago for the really? first time yeah even though i had gotten into it in my comedy and tried to like and so you only had sex from that one time yeah and did you see him again? Was he in your school? No, he he was out of school. He was a, a bouncer at my cousin's club. This oh, is like cool. real upstate, small town shit, yeah. you know. Uh, and it's very, um, I think it's common for people who come from homes that have been shaken up a bit. Uh, yeah, he was yeah. just some dude. He was just a bouncer at a club, like just trashy stuff, you know. And I was looking for that you know, looking for affection in any corner that I could find it and sort of thinking being attracted to somebody is obviously not good for me. Yeah. You know, there's nothing about that person that would be a, a, a suitable mate for a 16 year old, but that's probably why I was attracted to it. Cause I'm looking for something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that, that was the first time I, uh, had sex. <laughs> yeah, it's heavy. I, I don't have, not that if I did, I'd share this, but like, I don't have, uh, I don't have any part of rape mentality in my heart. Yeah. Only because I'm very embarrassed of my body. I'm very embarrassed of how I'll perform sexually. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm literally, it's the main, I mean, I, I don't know, like, Stop. the confidence rapists must have I, to no. be able to be like, no, I know you want it. Like, yeah. I, I literally have, I've had women think I was gay because I, literally if they said no at all, I was like, okay, never mind. And they're like, whoa, hold on. No doesn't mean no. Yeah, some girls know, like they say, they play with the no. Yeah. Because they want to have like that little thing. I was thing. like, fuck you. Which if is you smart. Mean no. Like I've definitely had awkward situations. Like I had a weird threesome one time where everyone was like, oh, fuck. But I don't like, even, I can't even, I've never had a threesome. Like I feel like it's, it's, how do you juggle well, mine was all with that? two other guys. So it was just, all, okay. So it was, it was just like three guys. Okay. No, <laughs> was it in the man cave? Am I sitting guys. in a, am I sitting in a wet spot? <laughs> no, no, it was, uh, <laughs> there's it was, a lot of wine glasses in here. It was, it was, I, it, it was, I don't even know if it constitutes, no one had sex, but it doesn't constitute technically as a threesome. Was it really two guys? No. It was oh, I was two, just like a jerk circle. I don't know girls. if you guys are like in stockings jerking. I don't think my wife even knows about that. Maybe we should cut that part out. Uh, no, we'll leave it in. Uh, Dave Coulier, but, cut it out. But yeah, the uh, <laughs> that is so fucking. I'm funny. so glad that you caught that. Of course. <laughs> so wait, so when was the next time you had sex? Um, I think probably like within six months after that, with just some boy that I didn't really know. Really? Yeah. Was it almost to like write your boat? Yeah, and also just trying to find you know the balance i was so young and that was my introduction into that world i was just like i don't know how to how to navigate this what's my vagina for that's a very important thing for parents to teach their kids what your vagina is for and how and how to allow people into it because yeah. it's it's a powerful thing 
I think it's undervalued. You know, you gotta you gotta put pussy strength in your daughters. Not you personally, but just people in general and yeah. you as well. Yeah, I, I, it, it's a very powerful thing. It it's runs powerful, this house. Powerful thing. Your your house is, and you got chickens. You you are outnumbered by puss. Oh, if 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 my my. I wife, don't mean to say puss in your daughters. I feel like in no, the sentence it's a doesn't being but, insensitive. No, I mean it in the in the nicest respectful way. <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, it's interesting. Does when. So when you have that as your first experience, is there a connection to that ever? Do you, does that ever come up? Oh yeah, for really? years. That's really? all. That was the core of it for years. It was, you know, it was really hard to find that balance and realize that uh, I should be also pleased during sex. I didn't know that for years. I didn't know that that was a, a part of sex. So it became this bad pattern of just not having a healthy sexual life. And, and that makes it difficult in relationships. So that was also an additive, like a little um, uh, ingredient in the emotional issues that I already had from coming from a broken home that just sort of made me not ready to be in relationships and me dating people who obviously represented this idea that I felt about myself. So, you know, it just becomes a pattern of dating these people who don't deserve you and, and, you know, vice versa and just sort of using each other, using um, uh, this sort of mentality that people are disposable. So it took a while to to realize the pattern and and, and realize the self-worth. So interesting. You you seem like the girl in college that I would have been afraid to talk to. <laughs> like, like you're just really, Why? well, you're really pretty, you're confident, you're funny. I would have been like, oh, she's meant for like the the uh the guy whose dad owns half <laughs> of west virginia <laughs> or her, the dad who's uh, the girl the the boy whose dad owns browning gun company and he only all the dates, corner stores yeah, like the, yeah exactly right his and, name's on every shop yeah yeah oh and but it's so funny in talking to you about it you're like oh i just went for the like the bouncer the 18 year old yeah. loser bouncer and you're like it's so funny. I never saw that loser. Ba- I saw him as the stud because he got girls like you. <laughs> and I was always like, I always dated really great girls. But I always, it, it's interesting that, yeah. that you see it that way. Now, how were you the first time you had an orgasm? Oh, that's a good question. I want to ask my wife too. That's a good question. I wonder if my wife will answer that question. I'm going to say it was years after I first had sex. Years. Really? And when it happened, I was alone. I, I figured it out on my oh, own. Oh, you figured it out? On- yeah, and I was like, what? I was like, was it a ghost? Yeah, it was. What do they call that? Uh, uh, when when girls think they've been boned by... It's a like ghost? Fanta, Fanta something. I've definitely had those. Yeah, where you get fucked by ghosts? I've had. I've been fucked by a ghost. I've been fucked by a ghost. Have you been like in the butthole? No, 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 no. How I do you a, get fucked? Like, no, no, they got on top of me. Really? Oh, yeah. But it, Stop it! I swear to God. But I, Bert, you just I went... Your craziness God. just went off the charts. I swear to God. But I think it was... I really think it was a nocturnal emission. And that was and part you were of the dreaming? dream. It was a dream. Yeah. But like, I definitely thought... Like, nocturnal emission sounds like something that happens to your car at night. <laughs> Doesn't it? It doesn't yeah. sound like a body-related thing. It sounds like your car's leaking in the yeah. park in a the driveway. Dream. A wet dream. <laughs> Nocturnal emission. That's why. Yeah, like, Call wet Ford. Dream, wet dream sounds so. <laughs> wet dream sounds so much more what it is. Can I turn that into a joke? Is please, that funny? Please, yeah. Okay, that's well, the funny. other thing you got to turn into a joke is, uh, and I was already thinking of this, and I was like, I'll, what don't, is? Uh, I don't know if you talk about 
getting choked by a boyfriend, there's no reason to choke a girl and go, actually, I can find a couple. Yeah, if yeah. I had flushed all his coke <laughs> and his gun down the toilet. Oh, that's such a good angle. I've had a hard time like trying to, because people pucker up. When I talk about rape, they pucker up. When I talk about abuse, they pucker up. And so it's like, it's it's hard subject to get into. It's, it, well, what's fascinating, and this is, I, I by the way, I would never... I don't talk about rape only because I had one joke about it and Matt Fultron told me, he's like, yeah, he's like, it's a great joke, gets a good laugh and it's good that you can go dark like that, but he's like, are you really that guy? And I was like, what? And he's like, I mean, think about it. Like everyone came to have a really great time and like you just brought up the worst day in someone's life. Like someone sat in the crowd and was like, oh, that's right, I got raped. Oh, that fucking show sucks now. And I was like, that's I was interesting. Like, it's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah, it's an interesting like, way to look how somebody, how the audience would connect to it. And, the and, energy and they why feel. they'd come to see me? No one's coming yep. to see me to see me go like dark, right? They won't. They want to see me take chances, but no one wants to be reminded of that. Right. For me, that's for my show. Right. For if you go to Tosh and and you don't expect to hear stuff that's going to dark. Take, like if, yeah, if you have a dude in your family that's paraplegic, a blind guy, a special needs guy, and your mo- and your sister got raped. And don't you're go looking to- for like physical humor yeah. about puppies. Yeah, that's the wrong show to go to. Yep. But what I find fascinating in that story you told from a comics perspective, and I don't, I would never suggest that I'd know how to tell a rape joke. No, I mean, I, I'm, all, I'm all ears. But I find it interesting that he raped you and you still dated him, but he choked you and you said that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> And that you said there's never a reason to choke someone, but clearly, like you there's had always a reason to rape someone. You justified a reason to be raped, like you're like in your head. You were That's like, interesting. He didn't mean it like that. Right. Or whatever you thought, I'd well, be interested he, to hear. I'm gonna give him another shot. I'll give him another shot. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it was me. Maybe like, it was just a, he had an off day. But then he choked you, and you're like, "That's I, enough." Yeah. <laughs> but like, I would. It's so funny to find. That is funny because. There's, you said there's never a reason to choke someone. I could there's think of like so, I could I think, think of, like, of ten. I could think of ten off the top of my head. Yep. Why why choking someone? Like grabbing someone and choking them? Touching your makes, kid. Somebody hit your kid. Oh, somebody fuck, took yeah. a shit in your doorstep. Someone somebody bu- punched your window. Yeah. Somebody stole something out of your man cave. You've, uh, I like I can I go even That's darker. Four. Like dude, you fucking lit my cat on fire. You lit my like, cat on fire. You son of a bitch. Well, what the fuck were you? Yeah. But like. I can actually never think of a reason to rape right, someone right. except the Louis C.K. joke. You well, ever hear that? I, I, There's well, no reason ever to rape someone. Unless, of course, you want to have sex with them and they don't want you to right, have right, sex right. with them. Yeah. Then, yeah, you totally have yeah. to rape them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's good. total Louis. I'd have to be careful of the parallel there. If someone took your chicken, would you choke them? Took one, you, have three, you have three? If someone took one, would that, is that chokeable? No. no. What if they took all three? Uh, we almost thought we lost one the other day and I got really panicked. And if someone had, I had seen someone with my chicken, I just would have, I'm very non-confrontational. Like I even, like I've, that, and I think that leads back to me never, I can never imagine hitting a woman. Yeah. Because I just, that's not. It's a certain, it's a, it's a, I can't it's a chemical hitting, thing. It's hard for me to hit a guy. Like yeah. why would I hit a woman? If I, like if I'm going to be a guy that hits, I'd hit men first because yeah. that's more Test acceptable. It out. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just like your rage builds. Yeah. And that's where no one's going to. But I never could really hit a guy. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a certain um, chemical that already exists in your DNA. I think that uh, makes you the type of person that can commit those 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 acts. You're an atrocious person. Yeah, you're an atrocious person. You have deep rooted issues that probably will never be cured. Yeah, anytime I see someone, a guy who's violent with other men, I go that trickles over. Yeah, it sure you, does. You can't. Uh, you can't. I'm not saying like MMA fighters who do it for a living. I'm not saying well, that's that. That's a sport. That's different. That's a sport. But I'm saying like and guys, that, guys that are at a bar, they're like, "Fuck that guy," and they punch him. Just like, just like ruthless. I'm like, wow, that 
whatever part of that personality is. Yeah, it, and it's a scary thing because it's predatory. And it's rooted in a really animalistic urge that I feel the, you know, the more cognitive part of your brain can't control. Yeah. I, I also used to say that, that guys, like the, the whole rape culture joke thing. Yeah. They're like, well, guys who, uh, I don't forget how, I forget how it went. But the one thing I said, the one thing you can be certain is that any guy who makes a rape joke would never rape anybody. Right. And, a guy and people who don't doesn't realize that. make rape jokes, probably that's who you need to yeah. work out. Because I, I remember when I... When I made that joke and Fultron saw it, I was like, yeah, but I would never do that. That's why I'd make the joke. And it, was that his point? And Matt, Matt's like, well, I don't know. But you're bringing up like a horrible time in someone's life. I always think the guys that make them are like Daniel Tosh would never fucking rape anybody. No, no. Never in a million fucking no. years. And I don't think that, I don't know. I don't think the jokes correlate to the action. No, they don't. I think it, it, it's about experience and like what experiences you have and the level of darkness and, you know, neglect. And it, there, it's such a... It's such a um, specific thing. I think the experiences you have sort of shape that comedic brain. And and there's so many different lanes it can go into. And you sort of like when you see, you know, acts like Richard Pryor, Sam Kinison, and how dark they would go and and, and the subject matter that they would touch, you can link it back. If you you knew their history, you'd be like, oh, that kind of, there's a through line there that exists. Yeah. It's almost, you know, it's just like, when you're born, there's all these ingredients that are stuck in your body. And, and then, you know, you experience things and that's more ingredients. And it creates this, you know, jerk chicken stew when you become an adult. And that's your, your outlook on life. Yeah. Now I'm hungry. No, I'm fucking hungry. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, I find, uh, I don't know, I find, like, if I was a female comic and I had gone through something like that, everyone's like, there's a woman who just recently came out and said she was sexually assaulted yep. and uh and everyone's uh, it's so sad that the internet then attacks her oh we're playing badminton today yeah right. the kids out there playing badminton no no they, they are the chickens playing badminton no isla isla are you cleaning they're cleaning we had a badminton set guy bought for christmas and i was like she's bringing out a badminton set either we're playing badminton or my wife's making him clean the living room i love that you're talking you're like there's a woman who can't came out about being sexually abused are you isla are you badminton <laughs> yeah. and here comes the chickens in the man cave i but can't handle it i feel like i'm in a fairy tale it's too much but I, I hate that the internet that there are human beings who would try to sizzle down her talking about that as like Trying to capitalize on her right. career, and, yeah, and, or... and, she, and I know her personally. She's not that person to say something to capitalize on it. She's yeah, I, she's one of the sweetest, you know. That's so funny. I, I, Isla was sitting on my lap, and I was looking at her Instagram. Yeah, and uh, that must have been an interesting uh, moment. Well, it it didn't. I, it was I had it on one of my tabs because mm-hmm. it came, came out, and I clicked on it, and I went, "Holy shit, that looks." Looks, it just look confusing, shitty. right? You're just it, like, look, what? Look, what is this? It's like, well, oh my god! Like, you, bruises are fucking legit. Yeah, and they're everywhere. And so I had it on a tab, and I was, I was opening. Get out of my bag, you chicken! Hey, hey, guys! You chicken's trying to take my here. fucking headphones. Yeah. Hey, you hey, bitch! Hey, hey, the chicken really is trying to take your headphones. Those are my headphones, you asshole. Go other way. I'm gonna make chicken breast. <laughs> <laughs> The chicken had my iPhone headphones in its mouth. Um, but I was Isla loves trailers. I love trailers too. I do and too. So Isla was going to look at trailers, and then 
I was sitting there and I pop pulled up and she goes, Ooh, what's that? Oh, what man. happened? And I said, Oh, the girl had a mean boyfriend. You who, told her. Yeah. yeah. It's smart. And she goes, why would he do that? And I said, I was like, uh, I don't know. I go, I don't know. I think that's an interesting question. Why would he do that? And I was like, I guess he doesn't like himself and he makes her not want to like herself. And that's the way that he comes out liking himself at the end of the day. I don't know. That's a good way to put it. And Isla was like, I'll never date mean people like that and oh. i was like i was like oh please woman oh i don't want to say your name only because i don't uh, yeah, i don't yeah. want i don't want you to have to deal with whatever right like i just it's like i'm i don't want to you can talk to you for yourself I'll yeah speak for you. exactly i feel the same way i was like please woman that's a comedian if be if <laughs> for nothing else yeah if for nothing else you sharing the story just imprinted on my nine-year-old daughter that I'll never be with mean guys. Yeah, that's deep. Then, then, oh my God, your bravery. And then I wrote, because of that, I wrote a tweet. Yeah. And said, like, I've never, I don't have that, I don't have that bravery. I don't have that bravery at all. And people don't realize that, like, um, you know, it, we the society we live in now, the social media aspect, it's an interesting thing because on one hand, for us as comedians, it's a tool for us and mm-hmm. it's a, and it's a, it's a part of the job. And on the other hand, it, it's, it's terrifying because of the ridicule and the um, backlash that exists when you when things like that, when stories like that come out, people feel liberty to tear apart your story in ways of, you know, that people saying that she's doing this for, you know, trying to... Uh, you know, bounce herself up to another step in her career. And that makes it a difficult thing to, you know, the reality of social media that, that makes it hard to swallow when you're like, well, I want to share this and I hope it affects people in a positive way. And then the, the uh, the other side of it is people sort of coming at you like, Oh, you want this to help you become more famous. It's like, what? How can you not look at it? The other standpoint and, and realize that it's like a moment with you and your daughter the, these are ways to break the chain it's like i it, it's the truth is to break the chain and you got it and and people go i remember one of the things that like i remember rosie o'donnell say rosie rosie Perez? arnold no roseanne arnold oh yeah roseanne Barr. roseanne Barr. yep you, you, that was her. Uh, you're thinking of Roseanne. Her her name on the show. Jesus Christ! You know, you were there. Your brain and was there. So Roseanne w- said she'd been sexually assaulted as a child, and then like a bunch of people came out. And I remember someone saying, "Oh, they're just doing that to get famous, or to like get airtime on Oprah." This was when I was in high school. Yeah. And I remember thinking, <laughs> I remember thinking at that time, "Oh, that is not how you get. Like that's not the way you want to get on Oprah." Is like <laughs> no. Like oh yeah I was I was diddled but let's talk about that later real quick I want to talk about yeah. this I want to promote like, my yeah, book yeah I was like that's not how that works what that is is that's breaking the chain of silence of like this yeah. you know and, and, know. and you realize you know uh, it's the sort of things happen all the time all the time terrible things happen all the time and yeah. and I feel like talking about them bringing them to light makes people more aware like your daughter she's gonna be more aware of this even in that little moment it'll it'll put a seed in her brain and that'll be the beginning of breaking the chain creating a woman who's strong and who doesn't want to go for those guys yeah i can't imagine that yeah it's not that you know somebody goes for those guys i don't mean to say that you you know that's the only way that it happens you know situations happen but i'm just saying like having it be in the conversation is a powerful way to 
stop it from being yeah. in the conversation. How many how many boyfriends do you think you've had? Like boyfriends where you go three. Three? Three serious boyfriends that I really? all I lived with all of them. One was um the reason I moved to Boston from Syracuse, who I still talk to, Randall, yeah. really great guy. Uh that was my first serious boyfriend from eighteen to twenty three. And then I moved to New York and I met some guy off a of match dot com, a Greek who was terribly just not suited for me in any every single way just you look at the first boyfriend the second one you're like what are you doing you have no i didn't know who i was i had no idea who i was and then my third serious boyfriend was Giannis, and that you know was the even another step of just not knowing who i was and and us being in you know i cared about him we definitely had a bond and and i loved him but we weren't right for each other at that time in our lives yeah uh you know it, I I didn't have the self worth and he didn't know how to communicate. So it, those are my three boyfriends that that I felt love for. What did you learn from each that you said, "All right, I'm no longer doing that anymore." Then you took it to the next one. You're like, "Okay, I still do something else. I'm no longer doing that anymore." Or like, "Oh, I like that about myself." Like, what did you learn from each of them? Would you say? I you know I I I look back and I feel like Goldilocks. Like what? this one's too. Goldie. Sweet, this one's too mean. This one's just the right amount of mean. Like, yeah. <laughs> just like that's how I feel like myself is like Goldie Cox in those relationships. Like I, I couldn't get it right, and then I get eaten by the wolf. Like that's how I feel. Like I, I so after the third relationship, I realized these are all the things I'm doing wrong, and so like you, I stopped. And I was like, I need to work on myself because yeah. there's a pattern of behavior, and I'm not getting it right. So I need to put the brakes on figure out my life get set with comedy in my career yeah you know just sort of be established as a human being and a woman and then i can learn how to have a healthy relationship because a lot of times all your wants and needs they shadow over your personal life oh yeah like i mean the fact um i don't know if if i was sharing this conversation yesterday or not but like when you're young, like when I was making like $1,300 on the road was my first round of offers. And I was like just so hungry. The Knowing that like there was a guy that would make six grand on the road would kill me. And it would be like – and then knowing that there was a guy that made six grand on the road that was younger than I was because I was like 30 – I think I was 33. No, I was 30 – I was 33 when I started headlining. Wow. And so – the fact that I was, I think, yeah, I was definitely, I, Georgia, no, no, I was 30, Georgia's 11. I started headlining when Georgia was born. Okay, so that w- I was still featuring when Georgia was born. So I was like 33, 32 yeah, yeah. when I started headlining. And, and I felt like I was a young headliner, but then you'd find someone that was like making more money than you oh that was God, younger than you. Yeah. And it would just fuck with your ego. And then all of a sudden, like... All your wants and needs in this business—they're so tied so closely. They're like, tied, and they're and they're. It's, it, it's, it's not like if you're some specific doctor, you go home and you can just shut it off. Yeah, our career permeates through every aspect of our life. It, it almost not does it permeate. It thrives off of it existing everywhere. Yeah, you're you're, and that's the battle because you you flourish you flourish on stage the more you divulge your life. So you almost have to sacrifice your privacy and your um, existence in general 
to get to that next level creatively on stage. Yeah. So it's a very, it's a, it's a difficult thing and also difficult to find a partner who's willing to respect that and understand that that's sort of a part of the process. Oh, my wife to this day is cool with everything being shared except for stuff about Isla. <clears throat> Cause I, you know, I talk about Isla a lot on stage these days. That's a beautiful name. I didn't pick it. <laughs> and uh and but she was like anything like she farted during oral sex one time and she's cool she's like do it she started crying when it happened and i said what are you crying about she goes you're gonna talk about this on stage and she i was knew like it. i was like oh you're fucking right and by the way what's so funny is i hadn't thought that wasn't my first thought is that i'll talk about this on stage right but she said as soon as she said it i was like oh this is a bit <laughs> And it, and it it's murderous. Oh, that's beautiful. But but it's you know it's one of the things that it's like I, if it's if it's happened if it's happened to my wife it's definitely happened to other women and yeah. it's and it's usually it's like after you've had some kids and everything's not the same as it was right it's you, it's not in mint condition nope. and uh, miles on it yeah it's, uh, what does I say the she's not rocking changed. No, rocking the original rims and tires. No, no, no. She's riding These dirty. The factory factory yeah. installed tires. <laughs> We've had some refurbished situations. And so she, uh, but like, that, she's been really cool with me sharing just about everything on stage. That's cool. And you know, it's interesting, you know, there are, you know, uh, there's something valuable, I think, as an audience member, as a woman, a guy like you who's not this... Um, such an aggressive presence on stage. Like yeah. I feel like you can have a nice balance in speaking to both men and women. But as a woman watching you, hearing your experiences that you sh- you have with your wife, I feel is uh, an interesting thing to absorb because of the way you deliver it. I well, I I think it comes you. from a different um, uh, angle. I don't hate women. Yeah, exactly. Like, I really don't hate women. I and by the way, and I, I think it's because I have two daughters. Right. But I literally now appreciate. I appreciate women more than ever. I think, and you understand, and you and you see it from a different angle, you, you, because you are responsible for lives, and you and yeah. you and you have a woman you love, and two girls who you're shaping to become women that are respectable. So that's a that's a huge responsibility, and also is uh, as a woman sitting in the audience, it's valuable to hear what you have to say because of the way you value them. What's well, oh, thank you. Yeah, I, it's. It's interesting because I still am a meathead at, at heart. Yeah, like but I'm that's still like fine. a window licking meathead. Like that's fine. But uh, but yeah, it's I don't know. It's been I I love like I one of my favorite things in a really long time is that I you came here. I woke up. I walked in and you were having coffee in the kitchen with my wife. And I was like, I was like, oh, how fucking cool is this world? That that like, I felt so bad you were asleep. I'm like, oh man, he probably was out working late last night. No, I drank and watched Making a Murderer oh, all night. Oh, did you finish it? Uh, I'm obsessed with Netflix. I am too. I what just, episode are you on? I'm on four. I uh, can't see. We can't even talk. Well, I but I had to Google it. You can go, but you still there. Did you read? Every, you can't read no. everything. Okay, I can't. We can't have a conversation because it's four. After that, there's so many things that transpire where you're like, what? The ever lucky loving. Are you serious? Fu- oh my god! Uh, it makes my wife you lose started. Faith. My wife started falling asleep in the middle of it. I just hate. I hate the piety of the freaking prosecutors. <laughs> oh, the second attitude. round of prosecutors are yep. like, oh, no, we've pretty much like we've got it nailed. Yeah, down. I think we're okay. It's like the, you shouldn't obvious. be giggling about this guy 
there's only one victim in this case. What did you mean by that? Yeah. Because I didn't understand what he meant by that. Yep. I, I think you know what. I, you know what? I'll take it from here. Like, oh, that fucking high pitched. entitled bastard. Dude, listening to them, listening to them cross examine the cousin or the nephew. You're like, how, how is. I wanted to. If I was a juror, I would have been like, we have to stop. Yeah. We I'm, have to stop. I want to find them on. Like, I'm not a big fan of public shaming. But oh, like, I tweeted some shit about Ken Ken Katz, the, the guy who it was the main prosecutor. I said he's a, he's an enormous d bag with a shitty mustache. Yeah. Oh, I. Oh, my, wait. Is that the guy? That's the guy who looks like he uh, has. If you were to look in his internet history, it would be just the most obvious stuff that you'd yes. expect. Um. I. You can find these guys on Facebook. I'm yeah, sure they're all on Facebook. Them, yeah. And but it's. I'm not a big fan of public shaming because I feel like it's not. I feel like I don't have. I used to, I used to say I don't have the responsibility to do that. But but it's true. I don't, you shouldn't. I do not throw fucking glass rocks yeah. or whatever this fucking <laughs> no, thing is. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm always... Don't throw chickens in the man cave. Right. It's like, and I feel like that is like that guy when he got out of prison and I know that he was upset, but he should have just been like, look, I fucked up a bunch. I need to just take the 450 grand and just start over. He should have left. He shouldn't have he sued sh- them for 31. He shouldn't no, have tried to get revenge. he should have just taken it and, and he should have stopped there definitely because... And been like, I'm out. I'm good. I, and by the way, I don't. I I can't say that he didn't kill the woman because I don't know. It looks he looks guilty right now. Wait, you wait. Really? Oh my god! You're just at the end. And somebody you know tweeted me. They're like, you. There's other details I left out of the case. It's not in the documentary. And in my mind, I'm like, you'll see because it happens. They show the court, the trial proceedings. Really? You're you're watching. How many what's is it? Is it ten part miniseries? Ten part. Oh fuck! I got like seven more. I, think. I lost. I mean, six more. I was bin- I binged on it. I, I I forfeited working on material for a deadline for something to watch. The- I watched. This. I'm I, I'm so interested. <laughs> My wife started watching with me, and then she went to bed, and I just and I w- had drank a bottle of wine before. Yeah. Like, and I was like, I'm gonna go to bed with you, and then I started watching it, and then I was like, Oh, I'm opening up another bottle of wine. Yeah, it's just it 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 fascinates you because you're like, this is how. This is how the law works in parts of the of our country. Do I, yeah, I'll tell you what, there, what. By the way, I'm speaking more about stuff that I've never spoken out loud about. I started saying I don't have a I don't talk about social things. Here we are. I've talked about rape. I've talked about. <laughs> I'm, threesomes, I'm digging it out of you. But like, but like, <laughs> and now I'm going to talk about like the Black Lives Matter thing. Yeah. Like started by a white guy, by the way. That hashtag. Are you serious? Started by a white guy who was living as like a black man. Are you fucking yep. serious? The, the the source of hashtag Black Black Lives Matter. Was started by a white guy. Paul Wall? <laughs> <laughs> Looking like a black guy? I'm sorry, Paul. It, did. it was started by Vanilla Ice. By the way, Paul Wall, if you listen to this, I'm a big fan of your mucking music. I'm just saying. First name that came to my mind. The uh, But what? Hold on. Tell me more about the Black Lives Matter. Cause I, all I had was an experience in jury duty where I saw... I wrote about it in my books. I was doing stand up that night mm-hmm. and I was like I was like it the the root of the problem is hopelessness. Yeah. It's not it's hopelessness. The the young black men. I'll just say young black men because that's who it seems is being targeted. Is being targeted. Yep. But they're they're being targeted because the I don't think police are bad. It's just like I think police that's just the neighborhoods they're working in, that is who 
they feel that's is committing their customer. The, that's their customer. It's the connection. The the real problem is like I watched just sitting waiting to be called into jury duty. We're waiting. Uh, some one guy was late, and so we were they were sequestering a jury. I guess is what it's called. Yep. And one guy was late, so we all had to just sit there. And I watched three courtrooms come out, and out of three, and now this isn't a lot, but out of three, every single one was a young black man coming out of there, and either going to jail or to accepting a plea bargain or, I mean, just nothing good. Nothing good. And like, do you know the Ethan Couch case? The effluenza uh, teen? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you look at that and you realize that justice comes second to entitlement in in um, position in society. I, my dad's a lawyer. My All my uncles are lawyers. I've come from a very law a friendly family yeah and i talked to my dad about it and he's like nobody the problem is these young black kids are getting public public defendant defenders they're not they can't afford what they, they need to really get what they deserve and public defenders are quite honestly like i've got a fucking list of cases yeah i just want to get you in and out of here i'll try to get you off the most i can but i can't help you i'm not gonna they, help they're going by a book they're, they're not they're not going to be creative in their attempt to uh defend ha, I, I, unlike uh, myself, if I got arrested, I'd have a really great lawyer. I'd have, I might, I might, because my dad's a lawyer, I might have one of the best lawyers in the country. Yep. If I got arrested for uh, a DUI, or that's the only thing I could ever think that I ever get Which arrested you'd be for. Guilty by the way, of. by the way, I would never, 100% I would, guilty. I would no, never, <laughs> I never drink and drive. I've oh, it's ne- terrible. I never drink and Good. drive. Don't Just text it, and drive either. That's the only thing I could ever think I'd ever get arrested for. Say I got arrested for murder. Let's just say murder. Right. Let's just say I murdered somebody. I feel like it'd be manslaughter, though. Yeah, I don't know how the law works. I'm, I'm, let's say I killed somebody. Right. Yeah, manslaughter. I'd have a great fucking lawyer. I'm sure you would. And and I guarantee I would not. You would you would suffer the least uh, uh, sentencing possible. As opposed to a young black kid who just stabbed somebody at a club, and all of a sudden he's looking at 15 years. Yep. For but I'm not I'm not. This is why I don't because I'm on both sides of the fence. Yeah, like, I, I, it's I, good to be though. You have to be. You have to look at it in a constructive, you know, in, in yeah. way. But the reality is, when you when you look at it in a broad way, when you look at the system in a broad way, it is it, it's almost laid out for Americans who live an affluent life to experience a more pleasurable. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, sentencing scenario, as opposed to somebody who has is just recycled through the system, and it, and the government, I feel it doesn't really provide programs to help the issue. You know, yeah. with the Ethan Couch, a part of his sentencing was to be put in the state uh, inpatient facility where he got rehab treatment. Yeah. You put that up against a black kid he's going to be put in a juvenile system uh, and just recycled through and then he's going to be more prone to committing a real crime over and over not and not just a black kid like not we're not talking about kid. like no, like, not, not so. uh, like dr j's son no but, or like or, or an un- unprivileged kid. an unprivileged kid uh, it's because not just so black it happens and white. white and black it unprivileged does. it does exactly like, I look that's at good my, to clarify i look at my wife's family uh, who'd hate that I'm saying this, but they none of them will ever be able to figure out how to use a podcast. Yeah. So I don't have to worry about Amen. it. Amen. Keep talking. But they literally, I mean, literally, I tried to explain podcasting to my wife's side of the family, and they did not understand that you could get it on a phone. They were like, huh? <laughs> 
And then you look, half of them still have flip phones. Oh, wow. And you're like, my dad, I just got rid of my dad's flip phone. I just got him an iPhone. He's like, what is this? My wife's dad has like the first generation iPhone right now. Oh, wow. It's thick. It's like a, it's like a, a Rubik's brick. cube. <laughs> and, you, and you, and I was trying to get, because he like car, likes cars. Yeah. I was trying to get him podcasts on cars so we could listen on the plane because he also has anxiety when he flies and that's a great way to to deal with it too and he'd love that he would love oh, listening yeah. to adam carolla oh, who's right in it. his political yeah. spray like he loves he'd love everything that came out of that's adam a good Carolla's word mouth. political spray yeah and great show title i think <laughs> uh, uh, that'll be on my next album white noise <laughs> but uh and so i couldn't his phone won't download podcasts his samsung tablet doesn't have a podcast. So you don't feel bad saying what you're going to so say. So I can say whatever I want. Uh, but I've seen them go through the prison system. Boy, they it's like it it's it's this like distrust of the system, and well, I'm, I'm, no one's going to fucking help me. And, and like, it's a, it's a it's 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 a hopelessness. Her cousin got. I don't even know if he was guilty or not. All I know is that you'll never fucking know because. He, he can't afford. Have, no, he can't afford. He couldn't afford anyone to represent him, so he just went to prison. And that's like, how is that's where you realize how flawed the system is. And that, a lot that of them, not... for a lot of them, they're like, they're like, all right, what? Okay, what? How? What? What makes a better financial decision? Me dropping a hundred fifty thousand dollars on a lawyer, or just spending seven years, seven months in prison? Yeah. And they're like, you know what? But I, then you was... look at what it costs that the state to keep inmates in jail. That's an ex- that's a chunk of change, and those are pro- there aren't most prisons privately owned. Uh, yeah. By the way, I'd love to get into that business. Oh. I'd love to own a prison. Gee, I mean, they make buku, and I'd be such a good warden. Like I would. Love you'd be the most being, loved. I would fucking be like, guys, we're. You'd fixing have like this. you'd have prayer circles. Oh, you'd I have just, pottery I'd be, classes. I'd look at it as I, what I do is I'd look <laughs> at it as a fucking high school guidance counselor. Yeah. And going, guys. Fuck what you did. That's in the past. You're serving for that now. Let's see how the future. And I'd be like, I want to hear like this is the worst. I'm the worst. I'd be like, I want to hear everyone sing. I want to hear everyone try to tell well, a joke. That's I want to hear we, everyone. That's what we have to do. Like, does anyone want to be a plumber? We'll just start a plumbing class. Yeah, you, like, you have to like. And, and there's, I think Warren Buffett is a person. Him and his wife have a uh, a program where they put prisoners through college essentially and yeah. they 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 get them to learn a trade and to do something so that when they're reacclimated into society now these are prisoners who are up for parole and yeah. wrongfully accused and all sorts of different scenarios that will make it so that they can be a a, a functioning member of society warren buffett is offering up his own money to help these people because that's the thing is that i'm pretty I, sure it's I him just, i could be wrong on the the celebrity but I, probably, I thought it was warren buffett it, it sounds probably, like something he'd do he's rich this lives in still lives in omaha yeah um you i just spent that day in that jury uh in that hallway watching people come out and just realizing if that kid goes to jail i guess he just gives up on himself of course he does like, you, i guess you kind of have to and then i was like but that doesn't need to be it and i wanted to like i wanted to just just be like, why can't I just grab one of the dudes who's like 18 years old and go, hey man, like, and I'm, I'm sure this is the dumbest, most naive thing to say, but like, it doesn't have to be this way. Let's, let's fucking, let's figure out what you want in life. Like, well, let's the go government should do that. There should be something that, that provides that instead of just perpetuating this, the circumstances of which you know whatever put them there in the first place because right. they get recycled and then they're gonna they're more prone to go out and committing more crimes. 
Yeah, and because it's a, like you yeah. said, it's a hopelessness, and there there should be some sort of program that, and I'm sure there are. I'm not saying that, that there aren't. You know, I, I should be more educated on this, but I'm just speaking off the top of my it's mind. The reason I don't talk about this shit is like I'm sure there's someone going, um, correction, hello, you do. hello, this is what I do for a living. Yeah, like and I and I, so I that's like like but. You know, I look at that's why I look up to guys like not look up to, but like I admire guys like Rogan and Bill who take this thing and they and just divulge want it, it and they have their fucking point of view yeah. and they own it. You and it. I are like, you know, there should be people helping these guys. Such a <laughs> flip like, flopper. Pro- you're probably next to a place that helps prisoners. I think comedically, I'm more in tune to emotion. Yeah. Like, like I'm more attuned to like, as opposed to point of view, like I want to hear about the first like i want to as as a fan and as a writer like i'm more attuned to like your decisions with men and like right. and like the choking and the rape the and relationships the, and like orgasms and and it, like that kind of stuff draws me in more i get more fascinated by it yeah i am the same way it's like it's like the human condition in, in relation to um people coexisting like the thing that i was the thing that i was blown away by and like I don't know if it, and maybe this is a social issue as well. But like the there's a whole thing in comedy that women aren't funny, right? Right? Women right. dot 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 dot, which I don't subscribe to. Right? Me neither. Uh, well, I hope not. <laughs> I but, am a firm believer. But what's interesting is that I'm in a room, me, you, me, you, Kate Quigley, Eliza Rogan. Schlesinger, Rogan, Bobby Lee, uh. Um, Brody, Chris Delia, and Brody Stevens, Brian Redband. Brian Redband. We're all in a room. Yeah. And I thought to myself, are all these women going up tonight on this show? Because it stinks that as an audience audience member, oh, you all have blonde hair. You're all beautiful, yeah. and everyone's going to be like, "Wait, didn't we just hear this?" Yeah. Like, <laughs> but then here we are, me, Rogan, Delia, Brody. We were all the exact same thing too. <laughs> yeah. We're all the exact same thing, and like. And like, but the audience is like, oh, phew, another white guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't wait to hear what he has to say. What's this point of view going to yeah. be? Oh, yeah. oh, his beard's a little different. Oh, here comes my fucking lunatic. His beard's a little different. Yeah. What mugs? Take a mug. Oh, you have the reindeer mug. I've got all the reindeer mugs. She's got a Zany's Comedy Club t-shirt on right now. I can't handle it. What's the front it. say? Keep calm and party with the machine. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. They all sleep in my. Bye, baby. Bye, bye. Oh, uh, wait, she's so cute. They all sleep in my shirts. That is Georgia, so cute. Georgia has one I got from a dispensary show I did. So it's like legalized cannabis, but Georgia doesn't know what cannabis is. <laughs> she probably thinks they it's have like a, a Conor Sesame McGregor Street shirt. Character. Any shirt that I get, they fucking steal. And it's if it's a good shirt, like I have a really really good. Uh, a good Conor McGregor shirt. George just stole it. That's adorable. Like she I just rolled it. it in your t-shirt. That's it. so cute. I love cute. still sleep in my shirts. That's adorable. Like Isla now uh, wants my sweatshirts. I, I get really good sweatshirts. Yeah. Because when you go on the road, you always end up, well, I mean, I want, the, let me rephrase that. Working for Travel Channel, you always end up at the end of every day soaking wet. Yeah. Like every day you're like. Sweat or like dirt or something. Mat, like it's, you've been in a mud pit, you were running a thing. That's awesome. And so always, Wherever you go, they always offer you a sweatshirt. Hey, grab a sweatshirt. And everyone always offers you swag. Yeah. I never take it. I never took it because I just go, I'm going to throw this away. My crew would always get t-shirts. And I'd and I'd see them in those t-shirts. It was fun that you'd see it. We'd be in Tanzania and you'd see a... um, 
Speed Colt Motor Club yeah. Detroit City shirt on, on one of your cameras. Yeah. You're like, fuck, we like, traveled this, the world yeah. together for six years. And then, That's awesome. And then this last year, this last run of doing Birth the Conqueror, I started getting hoodie sweatshirts. I got this. That's a dope one. one. And Pleasure, Pleasure Pier, Pier Texas. Texas. Um, the w- best one I have. That's the, a dope one. Is I love hoodies. A, my wife is my wife right now would be like, oh, go through Bert's hoodies. Pick which one you want. <laughs> Isla started wearing my hoodies. And she would like, I need a sweatshirt. Dad, you got a sweatshirt? So I go, yeah. And so she can like bundle up in them in class. Oh, yeah. It's the best. You just Those snuggle. Yeah. It. You tuck your knees in. Yeah. It smells like you, Dad. Oh. It's like the best. So you go on the road and you're like. Oh. My ovary just fell out. <laughs> Do you think you'll have kids? I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, I'm 33. It could change. But I, I don't have that. I just don't have that like thing in my gut. Yeah. That, that That nature urge the desire to procreate i don't have it yet it's important to recognize that if you want it or if you don't yeah because um i I, I, it would be detrimental to my career if it happened within the first within the next three years it would it would ruin me uh what may not maybe not it's you you, you'd be shocked uh you'd be shocked i think that at how at how resilient you'd be and how you'd you'd Adjust. You just adjust and figure yeah, something else right. out. I you're mean, because right. I don't think you just give up and go. Well, I mean, my Leanne was a much better screenwriter than I was comic when we met. Yeah. And when she got pregnant, she was like, she said to herself, "I'm fucking done. I'm raising these kids." Wow. And she regrets uh, bailing on her career like that. I think at times. Yeah. She regrets some of the path she's been in, but ultimately. She's very grateful. I, she got offered an opportunity to do a TV show very recently. There's, we both did. And it was a fucking, like, the most amazing. Oh, Together? I'm, yeah. I'm, did you do it? Uh, she didn't want to do it. Wow. And it was traveling the world together as a couple. And she didn't want to do it. Because of the kids? Like, she's like, I, I made a commitment to my kids. And I was wow. like, so I've been trying to fucking refigure out how I can make this happen. Because yeah. it's just, I mean, it's just. It sounds fascinating. And I, told I don't her, even I said, know what it is, but I it sounds fascinating. Her, I go, it is the greatest opportunity you'll ever have in your life. And it's and it's temporary. Yeah. It's, it'd be a temporary thing. But the problem is it would probably be six months production and it would be really tough on the girls. It'd be it gone would be two hard. weeks, back for a week, gone two weeks, back You'd for a week. You'd have to have a tutor with you guys. You'd, You'd have, have to well, have a. We'd have to take the girls with us or something. We'd ha- yep. I don't know. It would be really tough with the girls. And Leanne's just like, I can't do that to my kids. And it's, she's just like, that's who she is. That's impressive. I mean, it's commitment. It could also, I mean, it's the same thing. It, it could be tough on the girls, but it also could broaden their, um, you know, their mental process. Well, I think they could use a little toughening up. Um, yeah, I mean, and travel kids. does that. I mean, travel is one of the things that I, I feel people need to incorporate into their life it just broadens you as a human being if you could do a show on travel channel what would your show be do you know i mean i always loved dirty jobs that was one yeah. of my favorite shows i would do that but all over the all over the world this is by the way i hate to interrupt you no it's this okay is what is there I a chicken love coming about this woman i what love these outfits that she wears your wife uh, this fucking outfit is well, why do you ridiculous. love this what is it it's just is like it's an outfit that have i seen it leanne leanne um, it, had I seen her in this outfit when we started dating, I would be like, get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> but now when I see these outfits, it's almost like a, like what the Wicked Witch of the East would wear <laughs> to watch a movie. And it's just, Do you know what I call that outfit? What? A house outfit. 
that's a house outfit. Those are house shoes. That's a house outfit. Yeah. That's a, I don't give a fuck. I'm home. I'm. She's chilling with the chickens in the backyard. It, yeah, she's I, supposed to be in an evening gown. I love these fucking outfits. It's amazing. She's like talking to chickens right now. Your wife is amazing. She's an interesting fucking woman. I she seems her very just uh, her her chi. She's very strong chi. Her energy is very centered. She's got. A, she she doesn't. She doesn't fuck around. She don't care. She doesn't like people. Look she at her. Like them. Look at her. She's out there corralling chickens. I can't handle it. She was she making a picnic for him? What was the I thing she's no laying down on the idea. <laughs> You're like, if I saw her in this outfit when we first started dating, I would tell her to get the fuck out of here. Look at your face. I'm like, I'm looking at her right now, and it's like. But you love her so much. Oh, if she wasn't on her period, we'd totally be out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Like I love right now. She's trying to get the chickens in, and one of the chickens is being a pain in the fucking ass. Look at her! Look, look at her! Look at her! <laughs> <laughs> and right now she's getting pissed at me. She's like, "Oh, is he making fun of me?" Yeah, is she's like, "I can't deal with it." And now the girls are coming out. Mommy, she's adorable. What you do get you, a good uh, get a you good little group? Get I don't know, man. I just yeah. I've I haven't accepted that as a part of my life my life's trajectory yet. What do you want out of your life? Do you want, like, my, my wife's a big proponent of putting your, what you, I love this outfit. Yeah. We just, we're just. The clogs. How cute do you, you see look. her? I love that. She's got golden clogs on right now. I love her. I no, I love it. Today, I'm up. Oh, is that what's going on in there? She's putting Christmas away. Yeah. That's always heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like such a process. My mom always yells about that. Like, I have to put Christmas away. All right. Okay. Leanne does it usually before the New Year's because it's bad luck to start it without the New Year's. But yeah. this New year, this year got away from us. It did. And Georgia is not super happy about helping. Your house looks so She's nice, though. She's still going through her funk. Yeah. She have, is it a hormonal? Hormones. And the, and the initial hormones are monstrous. She yelled at me last night. And you're I'm just having like, a bad day. And I went, whoa. Don't you get terrified? You just see the transformation. You're like, oh my God, my little girl. Uh, I haven't had a woman yell at me since my since Kristen Medoc. So like like that really yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like Leanne never Leanne never yells. That's a strong she never, woman. I don't think she's ever yelled at me in our in our relationship. I don't think there's any reason to yell if you can't communicate. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we don't there's yell at no, each other. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like th- my last relationship, there's so much yelling. I'm like, well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't communicate on this decibel that you're on. Yeah, because right at that decibel, that decibel is exactly what it is. Because you're saying to someone, hey, meet me up here so we can do it up here. Because if you just fucking just talk rationally to them. It pisses them off Right, more. because they don't know how to. And it, it, up here is disrespectful. Down here, we can say, you know, something to each other. We're eye to eye. Up here, it's like, you're not respecting me up here. I, I can't, I don't have enough helium to chill up in this airspace. We got to come back down and let's talk it out. If we can't talk it out, then there's not, there's a compatibility issue. I taught her how to fight. <laughs> I did. Do you want to, do you want to share that? Um, I guess. I can, yeah. Like verbally fight? Here. Yeah. I want to know how did how did he teach you? Well, I'm an only child. I grew up with divorced parents, uh, and my mother and I lived in a, a neighborhood that was predominantly gay in the 70s. So there were no children. That is a movie, by the way. <laughs> that's so, all, that's like a that's a pitch, and I'm sold. <laughs> but I didn't really have peers, right? And I couldn't fight with my mom. Not allowed. I mean, right. Deep South, you do not talk back to your parents, ever. Right. So I didn't understand how to fight. So when I, to argue, right. Right. I guess a better word is to argue. And you're coming from a, you know, a, a lawyer background oh, yeah. that's rooted in argument. And, and exactly, in debate and argument. And I had no clue. And so 
when I was in college, I kind of went off the rails and would get in physical fights a lot because I didn't know how to express aggressive or even maybe negative feelings in a healthy way because I had no outlet and no teaching of that as a child. Interesting. So then I just was constantly in trouble. I was constantly fighting. I would I would hit boyfriends because I, I didn't understand that any alternative. I, I had no other method. So um so I had like a little like turn, a shift in life and I started in therapy and I started figuring out that I didn't know how to communicate. So I got all that kind of figured out, how to communicate like me and you, right. and, you know, regular people. But then in a relationship, all I had ever known was like me being physical. No one was ever physical with me. Right. But I was physical with them because I didn't understand how to deal with my temper. So I stopped doing that and then I just started not communicating. Wow. Because I didn't know Total shift. the middle. Yeah. You didn't right? know the balance of it. I didn't understand that I could say... This made me upset, and this is why, and people don't leave. I mean, my mom has six divorces. My dad has two. So uh, my opinion is you get mad, then everything falls completely apart. Right. If you show how you really feel, then it's just going to deteriorate. Completely. Like, there's no middle. There's no, and then tomorrow we kiss and make up. Right. You didn't understand that that it was just a way to get past something. You thought it was the end-all, be-all. Yes. So if we fought, it was over. Wow. So he taught me that that's not true, that you can have a debate, that you can have an argument. And disagreement. And disagreement. You have a difference. I had, a, I had no problem having a difference of opinion or a different point of view from someone. Do you remember your first fight with him? Mm-mm. I don't, we're, we have not really ever fought very much. I wouldn't say. Would yeah, you? Yeah, because you don't seem, no. I mean, you seem like, you know, you used to talk about before, but you seem like centered now. Do you still have that fire in you? Are you like a combative, terrible? Not not sure he's centered exactly. <laughs> You're not centered. <laughs> hey, she's so centered. She's like, this one right here, she's like Yoda centered. Are you kidding? I'm walking around in striped socks Girl, and clogs and I don't even oh, know you. The golden <laughs> clogs. I love it. I walk in, I'm like, I'm staying here. Uh, yeah. I told her I'm going to move in with the kids and the chickens and the dog. It's just, yeah. <laughs> I can say this We married each other for reasons We are complete opposites Yep, and that works And that for whatever reason works We jokingly say in every relationship In every relationship we know There's a Bert and a Leanne Every successful one I'm the that, Bert That we know well, And I met a Leanne then, then that's a good indication that that will work, in my yeah. opinion, because every single couple we are friends with, we can break them down to who's Bert and who's Leanne. Yeah. And there has to be a Leanne. There has to be. There has to be a center. There has to be there a level-headed. It it just has to exist. And there's rare cases where two kinetic energies can coexist, but those are rare occurrences. It's rare. You know why? My dad told me this when I was young. Uh, he was like, "You have to find someone who's really." off the beaten path or you will get really bored. Yes. And that is right. So I need to not be bored. So if I had someone like me, I would be bored to death. Yep. I would be I would be the Bert. Then you I need would that become the Bert. He's your firecracker. He's yes, he keeps me You're centered. You're the water. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, that's, that's a, that really hit home with her. She's a big water person. I yeah. I'm an earth person, but water yeah, water is your thing? Well, I'm a Leo with an Aries okay. moon, Aries rising, so I'm all fire, but yeah, I I like recharge with water i do too yeah. i do too water's the thing and water is like that's a source of life right there totally yeah you got a badass chick right here <laughs> in golden clogs <laughs> i love her golden yeah. clogs 
Oh, stop. Will you work <laughs> Five. It? Five's a little bit. Okay. You're adorable out there with a the chicken. No, five's a little light. I would say ten. But don't. <laughs> <laughs> She's, yeah, she, if she, if she married someone like herself, they'd be bored out of their fucking mind. Well, it's the same thing with like us. Like if we get with somebody who's like us, it's, it's toxic. Oh, Oh, I've been with people like me, and, and it's like, like, no. Hey, listen, you drink a lot. Yeah. <laughs> they're like they're like, yeah, I do. Like, yeah, you need <laughs> to dial that back. That, when you say to somebody your drinking is an issue, you're just like, oh man. And they look at themselves. They're like, hold on, did Bert just say that I drink so much? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I think you're. God, we've done two hours. Really? Yeah, we should probably. Wow. You, I would. I could do this with you any fucking time. I know. I, 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 it was a very two hours. Very easy conversation. Yeah, yeah, um, I love it. I, and so now, how how long have you been in L.A.? I've been in LA uh, a little over a year and a half now. Okay. Yeah, but I, you know, last year I was on the road for like forty something weekends. Where are you living in LA? I'm in Marina Del Rey. <gasps> oh, I, I love the West love Side it. because I'm on I the road so it. much. I want to come home and be near the ocean. And and by near the airport. Oh, ten minutes. It's so great. It's so convenient. I love Marina Del Rey. It's so great, and so like that's just you know I just wanted to live there so I could have like a little bit of an oasis when I'm off the road. Oh, that's for two days. So now, where's your where's the boyfriend live? Um, he lives in San Diego and he travels a lot as well because he has a, a business. So, okay. yeah. Nice. So it's pretty conducive to my lifestyle right now. What's your road look like this year? Um, it's a little lighter cause we're getting into the TV stuff oh, more, yeah. but you know, I'm like next week I'm out to Tempe and then Dallas and then San Francisco. Then I Boston. bet you murder in Tempe. Tempe's. Tempe is a special place. Yeah. Because they've got that tent city. You know tent city? No. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that place where it's in the desert and the the mayor puts people who've been arrested in tents in 100 degree weather in pink, uh, what do they call these? Jumpsuits. Jumpsuits. Yeah. Pink jumpsuits. It's called tent city. It's crazy. Yeah, Tempe's a, I love Arizona. I do too. It's the first place I started going out to regularly. It's a weird place, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, it's an interesting place. It's, uh, it, I don't know. It's like the it reminds me weird. a little bit of Florida. Yes, it's got a little bit of a Flor- South Florida vibe. Tampa, a little Tampa. <laughs> Tampa is another place. You're just like you guys could just float off into the ocean. You're your own country. Oh, Tampa. I grew up in Tampa. You did? Oh, yeah. Oh, so you know oh. what I'm talking about. It's like so bizarre. Tampa's a weird place. It's I go, its own specific culture. Have you been, have you done tan, stand-up in Tampa? Yes. Do you do Cowhead Show? Uh, no, I did, Um, what's what's the, the, the chain that's there? No, no, no. Uh, Improv? Is it the Improv? Yeah. Side Splitters? So, maybe, no, Side Splitters. Wait, no, Improv. Improv, improv. yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, next time you go in, you got to do Cowhead Show. Yeah? Yeah, you'd love it. Is him. it amazing? He's one, of my, he's one of my best friends. I got to check it out. I'm in Tampa this year, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, talk, I'll text Cowhead. Yeah, He'll love sounds, you. What, why? What's, what's so crazy he's about just it? A fun, it's a fun show. It's okay. it's a. There aren't many of them left in this country. Like shows like that? Fun radio shows. Yeah. Where everyone, where where you go in and it's a fucking hang and... And, I love that, and it's and it's there's no music, and it's just you. Yeah, I'll tell you, I can name them all. I can name the shows like that in this country. The that, radio shows. I can name the best radio shows in this country right now. And there's, there's an art to making it good. You go in, and when I don't know about you, but I don't like when they're like, "Give us three topics to talk about." Well, that does, I, I don't I don't know I don't, if that I literally haven't done one of those in so long. Ugh. But I, there was a period where that's where those radio shows were still around. I think they're all gone. The only one that's still like that that's still around is Bob and Tom. But Bob and Tom does it very well. They do, but and, it's also a thing. But it's it's well, it's it's also you know it, it's a, it's a it's a way that they made radio. 
and they did it really well. Yeah, it's very and, organized. And it was a way to weed out guys who didn't know didn't know how to do radio. Yep. And it's like I remember the first time I went to Bob and Tom, I gave him a fucking I gave him a list that looked like that set list. You did? Yeah, and I was like, "Let's I was, go." <laughs> I was like, "Let's do it," because uh, I was I'd never done radio like that, but yep. I was like, "Fuck it." I knew Tosh had done it. Yep. I knew uh, Greg Warren. All these guys that I respected yeah. were like, they go in and write their set list down. Yeah. And I was like, "And I have a set list. Why wouldn't I just give it to them?" So I gave him my set list. Yeah, I had to do. I gave him a couple things too because they, they you have to. Yeah, and they I did it, and then the next time I did it, I did the same thing, and then the next time I did it. I did, I gave them the list, but we didn't, they knew me so we could go off on whatever and they trusted me. And then the next time I did it, I don't even think I gave them a list. I said, uh, I got one story that I'd like to tell. If you want me to tell a story, I can tell a story. And they were like, great. And I'm sure I probably gave them still topics that in case they wanted to go to, but you know, I've done it enough that when I go in, it's a little more of a, little more of a hang. But that's you know, but they, that it, they just do that because they do have comics coming in, and they had a TV show, you and it was make just it such good, a yeah. that for them. That's what made it comfortable. And cowhead Cow- is cowhead's like the opposite of that. Is it a little more like free balling? Cowhead is the is it's just the nuts. Polar fucking opposite. I gotta check it out. Yeah, you gotta let me know when I go to Tampa. I want to do it for sure. Fucking shit, I'm a bad friend. Um, but uh, I just got a text. The oh, God. no, but um, but I uh. Uh, Cowheads, like uh, very different shows. Like uh, all my, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna say any more shows, and then everyone will be like, "Well, how come you didn't say me?" Yeah, why didn't you mention my show? But like, I will say that like there are some amazing radio shows out there. Yeah. That you go in and you have a fucking blast on. You're like, oh, this was so fun. It's like you're like, oh, this is like a podcast, but really good. Yeah, yeah, there are. There's, there's nothing compared I've to liked. what we're doing now. This podcasting, like going over Rogan, doing three hours and not doing one bit. But coming out feeling like you have five bits. That I you feel could like work that on. right now. Yeah, I'm like the Goldie Cox thing. I liked the yeah. thing about being choked. What was the other thing I have to turn into a bit? Uh, I don't uh, know. I have to listen to it because we talked about it. There's I like, listen to my own podcasts. Yeah. Um But yeah, I think I, I could I have. Like you, I got bits now. Yeah, I've, if you ever, I'm always up to doing. I want to do bigger group podcasts where it's like four of us hanging. <clears throat> so if you're ever into it, let's do one of it's those. It's always nice to have a female perspective in like, as opposed to a pirate ship of dude dicks. I would love, well, pirate ship of dude dicks sounds like Christmas morning to me right now. <laughs> I actually asked for that and I didn't get it. So I'm a little upset. <laughs> I asked for a pirate ship of dude dicks. You know, pirates were all gay back then. Oh, swashbucklers, That's, get in there. Oh, I mean, look at the outfits. How do they Hello, how did we tights. Not, fabulous hat with a feather. I was saying, I was Hi. saying Bill, Bill Byrne and I were talking, and he said, you know, I didn't know. I didn't know <laughs> Rob Halford was gay. And I was like, I didn't know George Michaels what? was gay when we Come were kids. On. But we were like, it was this, it, we were laughing so hard about it. He's like, on the cover, he's like, this. <laughs> You were like, ah, but it's Rob Alford, man. Yeah, he's yeah. just a thing. He's not gay. That's for women. Yeah. Uh, That's funny. Um, what do you have to promote? You have a podcast? Yeah. Oh, you're going to post this on your podcast? Oh, yeah. I'm going to post this on my we'll, we'll do a pod share. That'd be what great. What is it? What is it? Never, you'll be my first one. Sharp Tongue. Sharp Tongue? Yep. Sharp and Tongue Podcast. Sharp Tongue Podcast. And so I'll give you... Uh, I'll post uh, this on that. That'd be I'll, great. Let me see how well... You have to I guess out. I have to... Um, you don't have your computer with you. No. Yeah. I'll just... I'll, I'll we transfer it. Yeah. Yeah. Or Dropbox, whatever. Yeah, I don't. I we transfer is the thing I okay. use. Okay. Only because I had one production company that used it, so I learned how to use it. It's good. It's really easy. Um, and so that's how I do all my. That's okay. how I do my all my VO. I we transfer it. 
I do all my VO in my man cave now for my TV shows. I mean, I would, I just would stay here. This place is just dope. The only problem, the only problem, two problems. Number one, we don't want to leave the house now. I'll show you what we're thinking about doing for renovating. We don't want to leave the house now because this man cave is so great. It is so great. I mean, every time great. The yard's great. We got the chickens. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's energy. It's good energy. It's real positive. I mean, I've done better every year since I've lived in this house. Yep. Every year, and it's because it's a safe place. Yeah, it's a good energy here. Um, that's the problem is we don't want to leave. The other problem is I work out of my man cave. So because I work out of my man cave, I then have a hard time it. separating work and family. You ever so thought like, about putting on a different outfit when you leave your house to come out here? That's not a bad idea. <laughs> if you just changed into something different? I put on workout. I end up spending my whole day in workout clothes because like, I will just get on the treadmill and start walking yeah. and watch TV and then get down and edit and then come over, do voiceover, get back on the treadmill, walk. Yeah. But I do like the fact that like that like you came in. I like the fact that there is no differentiation between you coming into my house at 10 in the morning and my family's having a Saturday morning and then coming out and coffee working. with your wife. And my kid coming out. Oh, yeah. She's like, need, she grabs a coffee mug. Your wife is out there trying to corral chicken. You meet my dog. That's amazing. It, it is kind of crazy. This is where it goes back to talking about how, because this is work. Yeah. Even though this is fun and it's amazing, it's still an aspect of a, a job that we do, yeah. podcasting. It permeates through your life. Yeah, your it, life is is providing material for work. Yeah. It's interesting because my daughters will see people that have come through and be like, "Wait, is that the person?" Like they saw they saw Amy Schumer. Amy used to stay at our house when we when we'd go on vacation, she'd stay and watch our pets. Oh, that's and nice. She'd come over. That's uh, random. And, well, it's, I've I've known her for. A really I mean, not long random, time. but that's that's funny. We we, there's, we did a show on Comedy Central a long time ago, probably eight years ago, and so um, Georgie the other day goes, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Is that the girl that killed our hamster?" And I go, <laughs> "I go, yes, it is." Did Amy kill your hamster? And she goes, "Cause I, we used to say that Georgia looked like Amy. They had a similar outfit, right?" And this is no one. By the way, no one knew who Amy Schumer was at the time. Well, maybe she was on Last Comic Standing, but like, it's I mean, the beginning, yeah. Like it wasn't like today. And I said to Georgia, "I go, you look like Amy." And I used to pull up this picture of Amy in the outfit, and Georgia had the same outfit, just smaller, and we'd laugh about it. <laughs> And then George Sarnes says, that's the girl that killed our hamster. And then yesterday, I'm, I'll say this, I'm trying to fucking whatever. But they started watching F is for Family. Yeah. It is so fucking it, it, funny. It looks hilarious. It is so funny. It but really it's good. curse words in it. And yep. my wife heard this NPR interview that said it's it's healthy for kids to hear curse words. It's healthy, healthy for them to know that they're not words they can say, yep. that there's a difference, that you have to earn being an adult. It's And it's not okay for you them to say curse words, and but it's okay to say curse words in front of kids as long as you don't say your mom's a piece of shit. If you, you, you do perso- personify it. Yeah, if you just go, oh shit, oh fuck. Right. Like, but if you don't go, your mom's a dumb fuck, or you're a dumb fuck, or that trash man's a dumb fuck. So, F is for family is all about that, like, that's interesting. He goes, like, the very first one the kids see is the phone's ringing. He's like, God damn it, this fucking phone. And he goes out in his punches bag, and this kid goes, Mr. Murphy, can Steven come out? Can Billy come out and play? And he goes, go fuck yourself. And the girls were howling, laughing. And then Bill came over, and Georgia just was like, you could tell she was like, I'm hearing the voice that's made me laugh all fucking day. Yeah, it's and such she a was distinct voice. And she, and she was like, and we were in the kitchen, and she was just like, "This is so fucking weird." 
<laughs> and then, and then, she, but they're obsessed with the show. They that's were, awesome. I'm sure that's what they were watching this morning. That's the way it should be. You know, you got to expose them to stuff that they're going to be exposed to either, any, anyway. And it's just better to expose them to it under your supervision. So yeah. you can provide the limitations. In like it. a safe way, a safe place to fall. Totally. That's what totally. we're all about a safe place to fall these days. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, I think it's like the, Georgia, some kids in her class are using the N word. And she's that's like, interesting. They're, that's what they're, they're calling each other that. Uh, like just like playful, like. Uh, I don't know. That's I don't bizarre. Know. She won't. She won't go into detail. She is how old? Eleven. Wow. And she's like, Dad, I, like, what? How do I? What am I supposed to? How am I? She knows to enough that that's not. Cool. She goes, "Is it okay to call someone the N word?" And I said, "No, it's not." Wow. And she was like, "Well, because kids in my class are doing it," and I was like, "It is not okay, and do not." Those are bad kids that are raised bad. I mean, that's all you can say yeah, to her. That's work. all you can say. Because like, my kids aren't using it. Yeah. You know, and so I don't. Damn, they're just tossing it around like that. That's 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 fucked up. Well, it's it's a public school. Yeah, but so still, that's like... they may be black. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I don't. She didn't go into. They may be Mexican, and they're yeah, saying it. Know. Could I don't be the know. Teacher. Yeah, it could be the teacher. <laughs> and so uh, and so I was like, I, I don't know, baby. I go, you're not to use that word in this house, and you're not to use it out of this God, house. Just... And if you ever hear, if I ever hear you say it, I'm gonna have problems. I was like, you can sing it. Like in songs, but no, I'm not, not the, you can just if you're listening to Kanye, yeah. let it out. If it's if you're in the middle of a Young Jeezy song and it comes out Hello? and you're singing along with it, what? Listen, Ti uses Honey, it, yeah, just generously in his music. Oh, God, fuck. what a responsibility to to like. You just have to. It's like corralling buffalo, but you're corralling your children from the world, and you're also trying to like give them these little cracks to see like, oh, this is how you live. When you get out there, this is okay. This isn't okay. That's that's a lot. She said she asked last night a friend of hers called called her a bitch, but was like, "Sit over here, bitch." She's like, "Is that okay to say to people?" I go, "No." You know, yeah. I was like, "You're not." But George is like a real self policing. Like, she's she'll be the first one to be like, "Dad, kids are drinking." Like, she yeah. she's that kind of kid. That's cute. Isla will be like, "Oh no, we did nothing this weekend. I don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> yeah, I've. Uh, don't go in my room. Don't oh, don't go out there. You fucking break my privacy. Yeah, God, I could keep doing this podcast. I know. We should, I know. We should go. Going. All right. Yeah, we went to stop. What? Uh, so your po- your podcast is a sharp tongue. Sharp tongue podcast. Sharp yeah. tongue podcast. Uh, tour dates coming Jessie up. JessieMay.com. JessieMay.com. Yeah, Tempe. Um, the f- next weekend in Tempe Improv, and then. Do you like people calling you Jesse May or Jesse? Call me Jesse. I feel like yeah. I mean, I, I, Jesse May's fine. But- I love Jesse May because George is George May. Really? Yeah, George May Chrysler. Oh, that's adorable. George yeah. May and then Isla's Isla Grace. Whatever you feel. Most of my friends call me Jess or Jesse. Really? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um and we gotta do this again. We'll do like totally. uh, we'll do a group podcast where like there's if there's ever comics that you don't know that you want to hang out with. Yeah. It's a great way to meet people. Like uh, you know, doing those death squad we used to do those death squad shows right. out at Ice House mm-hmm. and we'd all do a group podcast Ice House Chronicles. You do a group podcast. I met everyone through that yeah and it's a great way because you talk about all this stuff and you and you're all laughing and everyone's having a good time yeah. and you're like oh next time i see you at club i'm comfortable being around yep, you yep it's the best thing it i is, love podcasting I and th- i'm gonna turn you on to vlogging, vlogging. right now ah. all right okay. thank you for doing this all right thank you i appreciate it the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.